This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Plus, a top exec suddenly leaves Marvel Studios. James Gunn confirms directing another DC movie, while Ben Affleck says he's never doing another DC movie. The Flash movie has a surprising celebrity fan and a hot rumor dump about Avatar 3 and upcoming MCU things and more, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, March 20th, 2023. <laughs> you know who this is, and you know why you're here. You want all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news, and by God, you found it. Forget everything else out there. Forget all the Scientology bullshit. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. Worship at the feet of the holy trio of geekdom. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Play it. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. Oh yeah, what's up? Thanks for pressing play, listener, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. (laughs) And joining us, riding in (laughs) on his uh, pet killer bloodthirsty unicorn. Named Sparkles. Uh, it's Captain Bolt, but we call him Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? Fear my horn. <laughs> that horn will <laughs> impale you. Don't trust those unicorns. Yeah, listener, we have put a voice modulator on Anthony this week. Just thought I thought yeah. it would be fun. How's that he working? Has out his, we, we put out his Harvey Firestein mod. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you've upgraded to the Harvey Firestein <laughs> voice. Do you care to explain for the listener? Uh. Uh, there's not really much of an explanation. I lost my voice in Los Angeles this past weekend in the city of angels. God bless you. I, and the devil came in and is in my vocal cords right now. You sold your soul to him, didn't you, for some partying? Yes. Oh, God bless oh. you. Pa- post-party Anthony you voice. Know, I, 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 are you getting post-party Anthony? That's amazing. But, but I'm I'm sacrificing my, my voice because I might lose it by the end of the show. <laughs> and I have to work tomorrow. He's got and LA HPV for you guys because I wanted I wanted to be here and, and talk about the things we have to talk about today. I appreciate what I'm saying. Yes, I appreciate the commitment. <laughs> and look, I know why you were partying. I know the real reason, Anthony. What's that? It's because, uh, listener, this episode, this week's episode, completes eight years of Jock and Nerd being a podcast. Oh shit. We are oh, wow. we are wow. eight years old this week. Happy birthday to us. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes, and your voice should sound like that after eight, eight years of doing long this. Long years. Yeah. You believe it Does, that long? It doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like yesterday. <laughs> well look, to put it in a little kidding. a little bit of perspective, we have podcasted through three different US presidential administrations. Wow. Uh two Olympics one mm. pandemic. Right. Uh, and when we started, the MCU was only in phase two. It was only 10 movies deep. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. You can listen to all of that. All of the, all of the nonsense is online. Over 500 episodes of content in the feed. Including yes. Anthony's spinoff show. 
So, fellas, congratulations. I don't know. Whatever. It's been fucking eight years. I can't believe it's been that long. Right. But whatever. Yeah. Hmm. We'd, be, <laughs> we'd be in the second grade. We have an eight-year-old child that we need to discipline every now and then. But I just can't believe that we've committed to this, <laughs> to, we, uh, to doing this every week. Almost without fail for eight years. It's like uh, yeah, not but, a lot of podcasts can say that, uh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we've only missed like a few weeks, I think three maybe in total. And so not very many. No. That is a lot of content. I don't know how this show keeps getting made. It's a I, I black out and then it's just done. So it's on do, autopilot. Do you still listen to the entire show before you put it out? I ha- Yes, I wow. for the most part, because I go back and I trim it up. I edit it. I make it nice. And so I have to go back and listen to everything. How long would you say it takes you to put out the show? Okay, so that's a good question. And I okay, let's let's let the listener in. Yeah, this is how much work goes take into a peek it. into your bathroom. I mean, your bedroom. I mean, the in your work room, wherever you, you do you this. You can look. You can look wherever you want. First of all, yeah. the, these two fuckers over here don't do shit. Let's just get no, that nothing. out of the way, right? No, so yeah, I agree. I've got it down to a system that takes me anywhere. On average, it's like eight hours a show. Oh my! Including research, including watching the thing, recording, editing. Putting the show notes, publishing. Well, we we do it. We research and look at stuff yeah. too. No, you guys do contribute, and I thank you for that. And so it's <laughs> you know, I I, got, I have to watch the shows that we have okay, reviewed. I do like ninety five percent of the right, shit. Okay. Right? Are you, I'll give are you five percent. Are you factoring in in the eight hours the research you're doing? Yeah, in the yeah, watch, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, all that. I thought you were doing an additional eight hours on top of like enjoying. What it's we're like watching. eight to ten on average, but no, I counted all that, including like watching so a movie or whatever. About, about five or six hours of work. Uh yeah, I mean yes, and that's just after just doing it constantly every week. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's a lot, but I do it because I love it. I still look forward to doing this show every week. It's a lot of Clearly. fun. And look, we got a, a movie to review, a com a comic book movie, and a lot of interesting news. Breaking, let's get started, you eight-year-olds. The Jock and Ned Podcast. I'm gonna will, will you, before we start, for lunch, can I trade you my apple for your hot Cheetos since we're eight years old? Uh, I'll give you, I, you got uh, cinnamon matzo applesauce? I'll take that. Nobody's taking my cinnamon pizza mats. Pizza that comes in a cardboard box. That's mine. Remember I that shit? What's being packed in eight-year-old lunches these days? Oh, we have quinoa <laughs> salad and broccolini. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> We got fucking uh, alternate. Oh yeah, I don't know. We snack had snack bags. Yeah. I had a jello s- snack bag. Star Crunch, Capri Sun, some applesauce, Nutty Bars, Little Debbie, all day. I think I just ate junk food for the first my, like. 15 my mom years would pack me like Filipino food that smelled really bad oh, and put it in the microwave. That's great. So I, yeah. I made her Americanize me and make like sandwiches and uh, lunchables and shit. You had a microwave in your fucking school. There was a, well, there was one microwave you could use. We didn't have that. We, you wouldn't use it. You'd tell the, the teacher would heat it up. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> you, you, at eight years old, you definitely didn't know how to no. use a microwave. You probably pick your head in there. Yeah. Uh, at eight like years old, no. Like our yeah. generation, we could fucking do anything at eight years old. We could fucking. Dude, we were latchkey kids. I was yeah. a latchkey kid. They just let me come home and watch. I knew TV. how to program the VCR. I knew how yeah. to fucking. Well, well, the VCR that that everyone every eight year old yeah. knew at the time. I knew how to use. I make microwave popcorn. Do all that shit. I mowed the lawn. <laughs> I was forced to do labor when I was eight. Uh, yeah, man, I'd go and get my dad a pack of cigarettes from the store, and they'd they'd sell it to me. Yeah, remember that shit? I used to go to a liquor store down the street to play Super Mario Brothers arcade arcade game. I would buy lottery tickets and cigarettes for my dad. <laughs> you could just go. It's for my dad. And they would just sell it to me. They'd be like, "Okay, no problem." What's a different world, kids? Yeah, that's all we're saying. 
All right, look, let's start with this news that just broke today. Apparently, it's a big deal regarding one uh, the M- the Marvel Studios executives department. How do you know it's a big deal? Well, because every big trade started this headline with the words shocker colon. So I'm like, oh, this must be a big deal. Headline from shocker colon shocker colon and then oh. headline. Oh, I thought shocker colon shocker colon electric car charge. shock your monkey. Oh, monkey! Well, uh, headline from the Hollywood Reporter: Shocker! Marvel Studios veteran Victoria Alonso exits. Oh shit! It says here Victoria Alonso, longtime and high-profile Marvel Studios executive, whose time with the company dates back to the first Iron Man, has left the studio. Multiple sources tell the Hollywood Reporter the reasons for the exit are unclear, but she parted ways with Marvel on mm-hmm. Friday. She had been with the company since the earliest days. She produced. Uh, she had a 17-year run producing all the movies, uh, watching the studio grow from operating above a Mercedes-Benz dealership in Beverly Hills to being acquired by Disney. And during her tenure, MCU became the highest-grossing franchise in film history. What does this mean? No idea. Is this a big shocker? Is this a big deal? It's hard to know what executives do sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked at the comments on Instagram when I saw this. And or Twitter might have been one of the two. Yeah. People were pretty happy, I think, because of the fact that she's been in charge of the VFX. Yes. In 2021, she was promoted to president, physical and post-production, visual effects and animation production, president of VFX production. So and I I don't know if there's been like I don't I don't know if it's like since she got in charge, but because we've gotten so much more content, people are definitely noticing the flaws in the VFX more now. Well, and like, you know, Ant-Man kind of underperforms or whatever and kind of takes a, a, a review hit and people are like is this the reason uh here's something interesting digging up some things on internet we may know why and it, it is related to vfx chris lee uh, on twitter chris lee is the senior reporter for vulture and new york magazine this is a twitter thread he's posted just a, a couple of hours ago i'm just going to read a couple of them he says so Many VFX sources have told me Victoria Alonso was singularly responsible for Marvel's toxic work environment, a kingmaker who rewarded unquestioning fealty with an avalanche of work, but who also maintained the blacklist that kept FX pros wild-eyed with fear. She held a crazy amount of power, bigfooting all major creative decisions on Marvel movies and shows. Quote, Kevin Feige and Victoria Alonso personally approve every single shot, all the visual effects work, which is usually the job of a director or a showrunner, unquote, one tech told him. And then this last quote is, the main one that everyone's quite scared of is Victoria Alonso. Another tech said, if she likes you, you're going to get work, and you're going to move up in the industry. If you have pissed her off in any way, you're going to get frozen out. So now, uh, suddenly, this shocking sudden departure kind of makes sense. Hmm. Comments hmm. on this? Is this, I mean, this... Uh, is this why all the VFX people were upset? It sounds like it. Maybe things can get better. I don't know. I think it's a narrative that may work in Marvel's favor. Because they can blame it on her now. Yeah, but I don't know. She hasn't been. Has she been involved in special effects that long? She So she just was promoted to president of VFX in 2021. So recently. So the last two so, years. But she was doing VFX before that. Oh, she, she just was got the title of president. Yeah. Oh, oh. But she co-produced. She served as a producer. On every movie. So she's been on the inside of this for a while then, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 17 years. Long okay, time. Okay, so, okay. 
I, she was I, she was a, a big a part of it, big part of this whole success. I feel like if you if you have something that is um, affecting the work, the VFX, and you want to correct it, I don't know if she was fired or if she just was like I'm gone. Right, that's, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Yep. So that would probably give you a little bit more information. Uh, whether She's, it was, go ahead. She was a. Uh, no, I was going to say just to clarify. She joined Marvel Studios in 2006 as chief of visual effects and oh, post-production. Shit. Oh, she so did. She's, so she's been ball? the VFX. She's been in part part of VFX for the whole entire time. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Take that for what you will. Yeah. There's, there's, there's well, yeah, a story. I don't think you have a full a picture of what no. was good. I mean, there's some definitely some good in there. So mm-hmm. Yeah, no. She was, you know, she's responsible for making the franchise what it is and make money. and But... We have heard this narrative for the past couple of years, though, that the VFX people are being treated like shit and right. overworked and yep. they're just. Yeah. So maybe this is maybe this is a factor. A part of the reason, possibly. Yes. Well, it feel, almost feels like I know JPEG was a level up way level high levels, levels above right. her. But it feels like with that him leaving and now this lady leaving, a lot of people are just like. Either Marvel Disney is spinning this, or it's just the legitimate reaction of people are being like, "Okay, now Marvel maybe might be able to get their shit together." Yeah, it's unclear. They're almost using them as scapegoats. Yeah, I mean the same with the rumors of uh, Kathleen Kennedy, you know, stepping down this year or leaving later. Uh, you know, I think some Star Wars fans want to see that, but I think she wants one more hit. But this kid, she will be used as a scapegoat, even though she did a, a lot of good. But maybe it's maybe people are happier now. I don't know. It's crazy. I think that the way that I see it is that Disney as an entity is made up of so many people that one person leaving, even if they have a lot of pull, yeah, it's not going to make a huge impact. But if she was approving every VFX shot. Yeah, but I mean, they have to completely change the way they do things right. in order for things well, to be different. You can't just be like, now you're in charge. You're going to be because like all the infrastructure and the machine is still working the same way. Right. You know what I mean? All you all you have is like you change the valve. That's well, it. Right. Right. Like, you know, it it, it kind of shows what this Marvel method is, is that maybe the directors really don't have as much say as we think they do. And it doesn't matter. Well, we don't know. We just yeah. don't know exactly what this means. Right. Like, you know, it's a big, it's a big fucking company. There's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of entrenched shit going on. So, uh, we'll see it when you'll see the attitude change at Disney when you'll just, you'll just know when the work comes out and it's different. Wait, right. You will see it there in the work and then do more people just suddenly leave. Uh, that could also be telling. This starts uh, a chain reaction or something. Anyways, uh, I guess it's shocking news. Listener, let us know what you think. You can join this conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. There is a link in the show description. It's a closed exclusive group just for you, listener. Join it. Lots of fun. Okay, let's move on. I got some fun DCEU news we can uh, discuss here. It's not the DCEU, is it? Oh, no, it is DC Studios. It's just the DCU now. Mm-hmm. Not EU, but you. Oh, also, when we started eight years ago, there was only one DCEU movie, uh, Man of Steel. That's right. Yes, that's how long ago it was. Uh, speaking of Man of Steel and Superman, we know uh, Gunn and Saffron are rebooting DC Studios uh, Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters, and the first film was going to be 
a James Gunn written Superman, Superman Legacy. And we guessed he's probably going to direct it. Well, it's been confirmed. He has confirmed he is indeed directing Superman Legacy. So uh, that's good. It's moving forward. Now they got to find their, their Clark, their Lois, the rest of their cast. But now that we know this is happening, do we think James Gunn has the skill, the palette, the uh, bag, tr- bags of tricks to make a good Superman movie, you know, and not have it have dick jokes and not have do some of the things you see him do, which are great, you know, in the Suicide Squad and Guardians and Peacemaker. That is all. Uh, um, if he that is all a result of he's able to look at himself and say, oh, look, I'm not going to res- like uh, lean on my bag of tricks anymore. Is I'm he going flexi- to kind of yes. reinvent myself as a director. Yes, I would love to see that. Is he flexible enough? Anthony, I saw on Twitter, Gunn posted that he has been watching the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2, and he said he wants to stay true to like the original. Do you think he has the flexibility as a director to make a, a good Superman movie? I would, I would like to think, and I, I said before that I was a little worried about it, but not as worried now. I would like to think he's smart. I think he's smart enough to know that a Superman movie shouldn't really be about you know, shouldn't have dick jokes and gray yeah, beard. You would and think, right? You would think, you would think he he knows that. Yeah. So I, I'm. It actually makes me more intrigued about the movie because of the fact that he's doing something that's a little bit, um, not a lot of bit different than what we would normally come to expect him doing for a superhero franchise. It is a way for him to grow and show us, you it's, know. Yeah, it's like a, it's like when a director does something. Like I'm trying to think of when a popular director has done something that you went, "Whoa, he's doing that!" Just out of right field. It's like George Miller doing Babe, right? You You're oh, like, yeah, "What the like fuck?" That. George Miller is directing a movie about a pig. Okay, <laughs> and it was amazing. Yes, it right. was. It was right. a fucking great movie. But no, yeah, like Steven like Spielberg could pull shit like that, yeah, and yeah, uh, he could do every genre, kind of yeah. yeah, about face and do different things like that. I mean, other directors have done it. Like Kubrick's done shit like that. Um, it's time for Gunn to step up. Like, I think this is really going to test him and take him, can take like, him. But is he like a Ridley Scott that can make completely different kinds of movies? Is he like a, a Richard Donner who can make right. different kinds of right. movies? I mean, if he channels any we of don't that. know that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's there. Also, how do you run a studio and write and direct a fucking huge movie at the same time? Sounds exhausting. But at least there's two of them. I, I don't know. This could be great. It could be a disaster. I don't know. You're, there's a lot of factors in here. He's going to be spreading himself a little thin. You think? Oh yeah. You would think. You would. You would think. He, I mean, if he he's if he's running the studio, you would think everything still has to go through him. But if you're making a film, I mean, that's wait, what eight to twelve months of intense work where you're you're focused on that. I mean, the, it almost seems like a kind of an ego flex but again i'm i'm intrigued to see him doing something that is spreading out on his wings a little bit i think that's why there's two of them though i think peter saffron is gonna have to like i think peter saffron's more of the like business part of it yeah yeah right from what i gathered maybe you said that and then gun was more the creative side yeah he said he's been he was offered superman years ago so it's been on his mind i'm kind of like I, i i'm i'm intrigued i'm excited let's uh let's make a uh prediction here yeah Okay, you take uh, John Burns' Man of Steel uh, run, right? Yeah, All-Star Superman. Well, no, the one that reinvented Superman in the 80s. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. 
and uh, that run, which is basically quintessential Superman, right? Yeah. yeah. How far away is that? Is gone from that? Is he going? Is he going to stick to that classic Superman version, or do you think he's going to veer off? Because the criticism is that Zack Snyder veered off and made Superman like kind of like an ambivalent, uh, you know, kind not a Boy Scout, uh, more of an alien, not kind of like distance him from humanity. Right. And um, the John Byrne run made him like, oh, he's a human through and through. Like, he's just, uh, you know, he's he's this guy, farm boy from from Kansas. Yeah, uh, I think he will go back to that. I, I, well, yeah, the All Star Superman is kind of like that yep, vibe yep, with yep. Graham Morrison. But yeah, yep. I mean, what makes where I think I, what Zack Snyder was trying to do was trying to put Superman like in a grounded context of like this really happened type thing. But I, the version of Superman I prefer is what you were saying was John Byrne, where he's an alien, but he's more human than humans. Like he he understands humanity on a like. He's he's the best of us, even though he's an alien, which right. makes it like a weird dichotomy. Right. So yeah, I think, yeah. I hope he does. Go ahead, Rugs. No, no. I, I I I I wish that I hope that people. I mean, he seems to be my age or, or around my age, so maybe he remembers it as being as seminal and as, as anchoring to the yep, character yep. as I do. Because we did have a good run, like even until the death of Superman. Yeah, uh, Superman was pretty solid. And then in in this kind of post death Superman, you know, it's been up and down. But I don't know. I mean, man, the Man of Steel thing, and then you have that video game. What was I forgot what it was Injustice. called? Injustice. Uh, Injustice, mm-hmm. where Superman's evil. Superman's mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a, that was kind of a thing for a while, and that was very uncreative. It's just strange. Like then there was like that other movie that was made by Singer, right? That was like an homage to to Donner's movies. Superman Returns, and that didn't go over well because there was he didn't fight anybody. So uh, it was just all these weird takes. Like even the Tim Burton wanted to make one with Nick Cage. Oh, I would love to see that one. That <laughs> one looks fucking crazy with crazy. Like, like it's just out. a strange thing that like if you don't know where the home is, you're going to go off the rails. I mean, I you know he's he loves comic books. He grew up a big a big geek and nerd, so I think he's going to stay true to it. Uh, uh, I hope so yeah, too. Yeah, I hope so. I'd be excited to see if he does. We will see July uh, 2025. That movie is coming out. So James Gunn directing another DC movie. You know who is not directing any more comic book movies ever because of DC? Uh, That would be one Ben Affleck. Oh, shit. Says he's done. There's this amazing lengthy well, interview. He never did a comic book movie. Uh, or, or, oh, well, he's just done with DC he's films with, yeah. in general. Yeah. Uh, playing Batman and DC films. There's, it's an amazing Hollywood Reporter in-depth article uh, because that movie Air, that he started a production company with Matt Damon, and they produced a stars in it. Apparently, it premiered at South by Southwest, got a standing ovation. Uh, I heard it's a very good. Uh, I kind of, I'm excited. I like, I love those stories. I know Ruggs thinks it's silly. Thought he was watching a Nike commercial. <laughs> but that movie looks amazing. Anyways, in, let me just give you a couple of quotes from this article. Uh, regarding playing Batman and the upcoming movie, The Flash, she says, I did finally figure out how to play that character, Batman, and I nailed it in The Flash. For the five minutes, I'm there. It's really great. So he finally, in his last hurrah, figured out how to play Batman. And then this is great. Talking about Justice League, he said, 
You could teach a seminar on all the reasons why this is how not to do it, ranging from production to bad decisions to horrible personal tragedy and just ending with the most monstrous taste in my mouth. He goes on to say the four-hour Zack Snyder Justice League cut is his highest-rated movie on IMDb. So he's glad he's in it. Uh, (laughs) And we knew he was going to direct a Batman. He talks about that. He says, I was going to direct a Batman and Justice League made me go, I'm out. I never want to do any of this again. I'm not suited. That was the worst experience I've ever seen in a business, which is full of some shitty experiences. It broke my heart. There was an idea of someone, Joss Whedon, coming in, like, I'll rescue you, and we'll do 60 days of shooting, and I'll write a whole thing around what you have. I've got the secret, and it wasn't the secret. That was hard, and I started to drink too much. I was back at the hotel in London. It was either that or jump out the window. This is what he said. So then they asked him, if DC Studios reaches out, would you ever do another project? He goes, I would not direct something for the James Gunn DC. Absolutely not. I have nothing against James Gunn. Nice guy. Sure, he's going to do a great job. I just wouldn't want to go in and direct in the way they're doing that. I'm not interested in that. He he He's done. He's done, yeah. He's, fucking, like he's done. finally fucking yeah, he's done. done. Wow. So sounds I, like he didn't have a good experience, huh? Yes. It just it sounds abysmal. And I mean, this man has won like he's directed Oscar winning movies. He's he won an Oscar at 25. He's 50 now. It's kind of crazy. Uh and I was kind of excited to see him maybe direct that Brave and Bold Batman, but listen, DC Studios and then I got uh uh there's another director we're going to get to later who's also done with comic book movies because <laughs> of DC and Warner Brothers. So I don't know. They have that effect on people. What do you guys think? Do you feel for him? Is it, is this a big loss? I don't think Affleck was really ever suited to do comic book movies. He always felt out of place. Like he did his job. He like he was. He, look, I thought thought he was a very intimidating looking Batman, and he had the the the, the physical presence uh, and all of that. I don't think that was the problem. I just felt like. Yeah, like they weren't doing him justice. Like he was on. He's on like a different wavelength. Like he could do other things, and he doesn't need to be doing this shit. So no, he's put in some incredible performances, directed some really good movies. Yeah, so he doesn't need that. to be doing this shit. He was no, he was a good Batman. Yeah, he was fine, but don't try and force something. You know what I mean? Yeah, he doesn't want to do it. He, he doesn't have to. Is it, all you're gonna get is shit if you get some force someone to do something they don't want to do. They got to be no. into it. Yeah, I agree. Um and I completely agree. I think he was perfectly fine as Batman. I liked his presence, his physicality. Would have been intrigued to see him do a Batman movie, just because yeah. similar to James Gunn doing a Superman, directing a Superman. It'd be interesting to see the guy that did Argo and The Town and yeah. do a, a Batman movie, but it didn't happen. And Batman, the character, as we've seen, is is bigger than any one actor and is bigger than any one director, so... You know, it is what it is. I mean, well, we will get to see him one last time, right? He just said yep. he's in the Flash. The the bits from the trailer look look dope with him. He's got a gray and blue suit. The Flash coming out June sixteenth. It will be screened at this year's CinemaCon, I believe, before it comes out. So a lot of people will be seeing it early and talking about it. Uh, there's another person who saw the Flash early and loved it so much. Uh, and this fan is the the unlikely one. Tom Cruise, uh, for this article, Hollywood Reporter, sources tell the reporter that Cruise 
has seen the movie and loved it so much that he cold called the movie's director, Andy Machete, to rave about it, uh, which is kind of weird. Wow. Uh, and uh, that's so- a good look right there. <laughs> Yeah, so this is interesting. Uh, apparently, in February, Cruz had a meeting with Warner Brothers, Zaslav's CEO, David Zaslav. He said how much the movie was great. Cruz was like, can I see it? Zaslav was like, okay. And they sent a Warner employee with the movie to Tom Cruise's home, Beverly Hills. They stayed with him while he watched it and then took the movie back. <laughs> so it wouldn't leak out. Uh, so then he reaches out to Machete and he is said to have raved about the movie, saying something to the effect that Flash is, quote, everything you want in a movie, and, quote, this is the kind of movie we need now, according to insiders. Wow. Uh, this man couldn't show up to the Oscars, but he loves the Flash. Fuck the Oscars. What do we think? Yeah, what, so as fu- as I don't Tom, even like that name. Tom, <laughs> what the Oscar? Tom Cruise as a movie critic. How? How? I mean, is his opinion, where do you put his opinion? Well, from what I know about Tom Cruise is that he has a very big respect for anyone trying to make anything. He's not the type of guy to shit on anything. He knows how much uh, care and struggle has to go into making a film, and especially something with stunts and and you know uh, complicated he shots. Knows, yeah, he knows the whole process. Doesn't so he? he's not going to shit on anything. Yeah, uh, I don't think he would have been polite uh, if if even if it was shit. But this amount of like uh, to do is maybe like oh I mean maybe he, he is really likes he really is advocating for this yeah film. loves this movie makes does that make you more excited or less excited to see the movie Anthony does it matter it does make me more a little bit more excited yeah. the the only thing that make tempers my excitement on anything until James Gunn has officially released something underneath his watch is yeah. I just don't know what it means for the overall DC. DCU, DCU, yeah. Everyone, everyone that said they, they've seen this movie yeah. or talked about this movie, including James Gunn, yeah, has said it's freaking awesome. So that's yeah. cool. I mean, I think this is probably my most anticipated DC movie this year, and we'll get into what these movies mean this year when we review the movie. This week's review, it's all part of it. Um, okay, I have here now a series of like rumors from. One, Jeff Snyder uh, via the Hot Mike podcast with John Rocha, Jeff Snyder. I've been starting to listen to it. It's a fun show. But Snyder, is, apparently, he's got a lot of sources, and he's he's pretty accurate on things. Do you, have you guys heard of uh, the Jeff Snyder and his? Well, I know I know John Rocha. Yeah, John Rocha. And then a lot of the things he has Jeff Snyder come on, and Jeff Snyder has people telling him things. And he reveals them on the show and. I think he's pretty uh, reputable and accurate. Anyways, let's start with this first rumor, and then I'm going to run through a whole thing, a whole bunch of Marvel rumors he talked about uh, like last week. It's kind of fun. But this one Ooh. regards Avatar 3. Uh, and we talked a few weeks ago how James Cameron had a nine-hour cut for Avatar 3, had to work on cutting it down. Well, he may not have to cut all of it down because according to insider Jeff Snyder, Cameron plans to drop the extended nine-hour cut of Avatar 3 as a limited series on Disney Plus after Avatar 3 hits theaters. Uh, that is kind of wild and kind of smart at the same time. Uh, now, this what? means, uh, well, because I think it'll, if you want more, it'll drive subscribers. It's similar to what they did with Zack Snyder's Justice League on HBO Max. And that worked well for 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 views apparently it's like one of their most viewed things hmm. 
But that means also the studio has to pay for nine hours of visual effects. How much fucking money does that cost? A lot. But do you guys, would you I mean, watch? every shot is visual yeah, effects. Yeah, the whole thing. And we already know the movies are triple, like. Triple the amount of movie he had in the other two. Two, movies. four, six. It's like a $6 billion movie. Would you watch, having watched the movie, I mean, we haven't seen the movie, but does that, would you go home and then watch this nine hour? Probably not. It series. depends on how I see this movie. If I see this Avatar 3 and it fucking blows my mind and I need to know what happens, like I need to know more, which I don't think will happen. But I mean, if it does, then yeah, I'll watch fucking nine hours. It's only nine episodes, right? So it's not a big deal. It's a crazy strategy, Anthony. I don't think that I can't think of another situation like this where a dude has put out a movie and then just put out a fucking triple long extended version as a series on TV. Yeah, this is. Um, I respect James Cameron. I, I think I love James Cameron. I like a lot of his movies. This seems like on the surface. I mean, I'm also with rugs. I don't think I'd watch a nine hour Avatar three. I completely agreed. I'd have to depend on if Avatar three was was good it'd have to blow you away this seems like i mean this seems like a guy really throwing around his weight it's a little to ask indulgent to ask a studio to be yeah. like hey yeah. invest yeah. in my nine hour movie because yeah. i i can't cut it down to three and i want to put it on or i can't cut it down enough and i think it's gonna be so awesome that i'm gonna throw it like come on man we asked you to make a movie we didn't ask you to make a tv show <laughs> But yeah, and apparently he insists on like VFX being completed on everything he shot, even if he's going to cut it, which seems wow. that's all that's all big spending I mean, there. There's a lot of there's only a few guys that could probably yeah. make that ask and not get told go fucking do something else. And he's one of them. He is one of them. But, he, James, well, when you make billions of dollars with every food, right. he's that got these three movies that made over two billion dollars. Yeah, you could just fucking do whatever out. you want. Yeah, you know? it just I mean nine out like my god, dude, you're. You're really gonna ask everyone to you make that you're gonna make that poor VFX staff. Oh my god, it's overworked they're, with Marvel. Yeah, they're gonna hang. They're gonna do hang a nine hour house. thing. But it would be like a season of television if it was nine episodes and you could go home and watch it whenever. They, like we watch nine episode series all the time. I mean, it's deal. it's you're do, you're getting a twofer. Like yeah. he's gonna shoot it anyway, and he's got to yeah. edit it down. Yeah. So I don't know. They could like, double dip with uh, a Disney subscriber. It is kind of lame, but at the same and indulgent. So uh, you know. That movie but better hey, be good. Right, though. If it's good, I'll watch. On one hand, though, these effects guys are getting paid to do this. Yeah. So you it's know. good for them. They're making money. They don't give a fuck. They're like, oh, we get to work a little bit more. Cool. Um, yeah, I just think that I don't think anybody's going to want to see it. But I've been wrong before. I mean, when I went to go see Avatar 2, I wasn't really Mr. Enthusiastic about it. And then I got came out of it and going, you know what? I'm glad I saw it. Even though it wasn't the most riveting story, I'm glad I get to, got to see it in the theaters. Also, and Avatar, enjoy that Avatar two, right up for best picture this year at the Oscars. Uh, you'd think Cameron would show up, didn't show up. Him and Tom Cruise both up for best picture in their he movies. He knew that he wasn't getting it. I think he knew he, yeah, what was yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah, he knew. He but it. it's a little disrespectful. You just show up and support your fucking other filmmakers, right? It's a celebration. It's not the Cameron and Cruise show. Well, Cruise I can understand because he's a target and. They're going to make jokes, and he's just, a, he's weird. But Cameron should have showed up. I don't, I think he knew he wasn't winning. There's no chance. He, yeah. No, I think he was, he's also like, fuck you guys. I know I'm not getting this. I'm not wasting my time, which is a little, whatever. <laughs> it's James Cameron. Okay. Moving on here, real quick, I'm going to give you some of these rumors he gave in a quick segment. You just give me a quick comment what you guys think. All right. 
Yeah. Fan, there may be some spoilers. I don't know. Spoiler alert. This is all stuff he's heard. Regarding Fantastic Four, he has heard the thing Ben Grimm will be uh, Jewish like he is in the comics. Okay, so we'll have a circumcised rock penis. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, they can show you that. You get, you know. Yeah, sure. That's how we know. That's the only way you see. Yeah, does that mean Seth help. Rogen will play is the it thing? circumcised or uncircumcised? <laughs> well, well, it's going to have a little bit cut off. <laughs> we'll get, it broke off. Yeah. He used a chisel. They had to use a chisel at his bris. That's how that works. <laughs> yeah. So then you hire like a Seth Rogen type to play the thing. Anyways, Anthony, comment. It's okay. Nothing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> regarding the Marvels, Jeff Snyder heard that the delays on this movie are caused by Brie Larson a little bit. Apparently, she's a nightmare on set. He said he heard that he's clashed with Tayona Paris. Who plays Monica Rambeau and she's upset. The movie is not called Captain Marvel two and doesn't understand maybe that this is the Marvel method and uh, the, the big star doesn't matter. I don't know. That's what any comment on that. I believe it. Sure. I believe I, I believe see, all of it. I, 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 uh, like this you know, from what we've seen, yeah. you know, we don't know everything obviously, but from what I've seen of her in interactions with her co-stars and yes. promoting movies. Yeah. And uh, I, it, it seems to be on brand for what she is. And also the reason why it's not called Captain Marvel 2 is because a lot of the criticism of the first movie was her. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But so that's, that's why they're probably adding in all these other Marvels because right. they're like, we don't want you to hire this movie next time. And she's an Oscar winner and she's probably a little miffed. You know who else is difficult? Apparently on the set of Blade, Marshala Ali. Another Oscar winner. Snyder has heard that he is not happy with the script and the choices that are being made and also thinks Blade should be built around him. So Wesley Snipes is like rolling up right now. He's like, yo, dudes, you don't want this job. Yo, you know what? Let me let me let me say something about Mahershali. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because we haven't seen the movie made yet. Right. So he is an Oscar winner. I think it should be built around him. But if if the movie pan, if the movie comes out and it's like how Brie Larson was in Captain Marvel, then I'll say. Blade Two, we should probably bring someone else. We well, who would the mm. now? This is the conjecture here. Who is Blade going to be about besides Blade? Like, what right. is who is he competing with? Is it the Black Knight? Well, we don't know the script, but yes, Black Knight. We saw heard his voice at the end of Eternals. Maybe uh, uh, we heard Marshall Ali's Blade talk to the Black Knight. But you know how they do this, where it's never like they're going to shove in other side characters, and it kind of takes the some of the the thunder away in these Mar- Yeah, it happens. That's weird, but so whatever. So if he's saying this movie is turning out not to be about Blade at this stage in the script writing, maybe that's a little disconcerting. I don't know. Right. I agree with him. I don't think that uh, if you do have the Black Knight in there, it shouldn't be like a major character. Okay, next rumor is about Silver Surfer. Right. Uh, apparently, Jeff Snyder has heard that a multi-project deal has been made with Matt Shackman. Would he direct? WandaVision. Okay. So a multi-project deal with Matt Shackman. To- Isn't he doing uh, Fantastic Four or two? Uh, I think. Does he have Fantastic Four? Who's I think wasn't he does. that? What? Because John Watts left, right? Right. So Matt Shankman, not Shackman. Sh- it's not Shackman. Shankman. Yeah. Anyways, the guy from Wandavision. Oh, no, Shackman, you're right. Oh, Sorry. See, fuck you. Oh shit. Son Sorry. of a bitch. Oh. Uh, so the rumor is that he will direct the Vision Quest series about the White Vision, and I just saw another article. Uh, saying they've got their writers and it's two of the writers from WandaVision. So that's great because they're connected to that. But then also he's going to direct a Silver Surfer thing, whatever they're 
going to produce, whether it's a series or a special presentation. Uh, and kind of tied into that, I found this article on the direct uh, titled Six Upcoming Disney Plus Special Rumored to be in Development. And this lines in with the Jeff Snyder rumor. The six specials are Sentry, Silver Surfer, Mephisto, who is being played. We never talked about this by Sasha Baron Cohen. They've, oh, they, my God. He, he, Mephisto, Sasha Baron Cohen is going to be in Agatha in the Agatha show. And they're shooting a special man thing gets a special presentation. Ghost Rider and Nova. It's a lot of shit mm. right there. Comment on all of that. What do you want us to comment on first? The Silver Surfer thing or the all these shows? Uh, how about uh, Silver Surfer and Matt Shackman kind of doing Vision Quest? He's doing Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four. And that makes sense then. Yes. He would do the Silver Surfer. Exactly. And I would say to Shackman's credit, he was the only guy, one of the only guys that produced a Marvel TV show that stood out. Yeah. I still, still think it's probably the best one they've put out out of all of them. Right, like creatively, it actually yeah. felt like a TV show because it was, and it felt unique and different. It felt like TV was actually the right medium for that. So he did something good, and yeah, it would make sense that he would do Silver Surfer if he's doing fan, which and he is doing fantastic for at this at this moment. I, I really think that these one hour specials are or whatever they're going to be, however long they're going to be. I think that that's the right way to go with I some like of these characters. Yes, you like introduce them, them. yeah, and. Uh, it, you're not. You don't have to take it that seriously. The expectations aren't that high. Yes, but the only agree. the only thing that I worry about is it how it translates to the big screen. Well, I was just going to say that if you do, they're going to be able to make the leap from this like little special presentation. If you do a silver a movie, Silver Surfer special presentation for TV, are you putting Galactus in this fucking thing? Because you got he's tied to Galactus directly. Is that where you want to see Galactus on on your TV screen first? I don't know. Yeah, that's that. That is weird a little bit. I but maybe agree, may, maybe they um maybe they do it. I don't know. They have to do it. In, they have to do it in, in Fantastic Four. So centuries. One, one thing too. One, one yeah. quick thing. Yeah. is uh, I think the specials are also the right way to go because we've seen that they really can't produce TV all that well consistently. Right, a series. And, yeah, a series. Excuse me, series. But they have been able to put out two specials that did pretty well. Yeah, you know, creatively. Yeah, and um. It's just easier. <laughs> it's just I mean, they're like less mi- content. Yeah, they're mini movies, you, and you can play with the length. They can be an hour or less or a little over. It doesn't really matter as long as the story it should needs. be seventy minutes. I mean, as long yeah, as long as the story needs, you don't have to be you don't have to worry about it and just tell your story. So, like Sentry, I think that would be cool to see him in a, in a fucking special Silver Surfer would be cool. M- Sasha Baron Cohen playing Mephisto. Oh my god, geek boner! Fi- first of all, finally they're giving us Mephisto after the years of Mephisto memes. And teases, and they have teased it. And I think he's fucking perfect. I could totally see him in that red makeup with horns. He's fucking <laughs> he does fan- kind of look like right. Him. He's fantastic. Man Thing makes sense. I would, uh, Man Thing was great in Werewolf by Night. I want to see more Ghost Rider? I think a special presentation is a good way to bring him in. And then Nova. I don't know. I don't really care about Nova, but with Guardians being done, and maybe that's how they can continue with some of the characters. You know, I completely agree. I think. Um- and all those characters, I agree, even, like, I'm not a big Nova guy, but all those other characters uh, on paper seem like fun characters to see. Yeah, so that's exciting. Hopefully the rumors are true. And then, okay, that was it for the MCU. This last one I have to share, because it's uh, about uh, one of my favorite fucking 80s comedy movies. Did you know that they are making a Beetlejuice 2? Oh, shit. It's, it was, uh, it's been in the works for many years, but it's actually fucking getting made. 
The first movie is amazing. I love it. I can watch it over and over again. I could do every line. Uh, the big rumor here, Beetlejuice 2, returning as director Tim Burton, returning as Beetlejuice, Michael fucking Keaton, Winona Ryder returning as Lydia Dietz, and uh, rumor is Jenna Ortega is in talks to play Lydia Dietz's daughter, which is fucking perfect casting. And then this just came out nine hours ago. Headline, Beetlejuice 2, Jean-Claude Van Damme rumored to be playing a ghost. Oh, shit. <laughs> in fucking Beetlejuice. This is amazing. I love the movie Beetlejuice. I want to be in it. He's going to do round gonna, kicks. He's going to play a French-Canadian ghost that died yes. in a hockey is team. He- no, no, I, I thought, I don't I thought know. he was. I thought he was going to do like the, a Patrick Swayze ghost. Oh, that kind of ghost. Where ah, he's like, let me hold your hands. Yes, I want to play with the clay. Let me put your hands in the clay here. Yes, good. I'd like to throw pottery. Uh, uh, Joe Blow says this is just a rumor, but I think it would be amazing. Uh, fans of Beetlejuice, Anthony, are you? Have you seen Beetlejuice? I saw it once That's a long it? time ago. What'd you think? I, I don't no real memory. Oh of my it. god, it's an amazing like. It, I fucking love Beetlejuice. It, it, it is the best. <laughs> I mean, I don't love it as much as I love other movies, but it's definitely uh, uh, a fun movie to watch. It's uh, it's, it's weird because it is PG, but there is some. Yeah, like, he swears. He says the doesn't he say the F word? And nice fucking, fucking model. He goes nice yeah. fucking model in a PG movie. This is what we were doing in the eighties. Oh yeah, it's got a lot of adult shit in there. That's so much adult. Like there's a he goes to a brothel at one point. The little miniature. Yeah. But uh, he, uh, Mike, one of Michael Keaton's fucking greatest characters, the Harry Belafonte music, the way Tim Burton incorporates, like, it's funny and weird, but then it's scary. Like, there's horror moments. There's disturbing things that happen. You know, he does it great in Pee-wee's Big Adventure where Large yeah. Marge's faces opens and it's claymation and it's just fucking weird and disturbing. Yeah. The same thing in Beetlejuice, with the hands coming out when they do the musical number. I fucking love this movie. I could watch it. All day long, Alex. Uh, it's one of those ones you could like Ghostbusters or yes, any of those things. Yeah, you could throw classic, it on, dude. so and you I'm, could just yeah. enjoy it at any moment. So, uh, Rugs, are you excited for a sequel with all this news? I don't know. Whatever. Like, I, I, it's, it's a classic. You could just leave it alone. You don't need to do anything. I, I, you know what though? If Burton and Keaton and Winona Ryder and Jenna Ortega and Jean Claude Van Damme, I'm fucking in. <laughs> Let me see this movie. I would love to see Beetlejuice. Again, All right, sure. With Michael Keaton. Uh, Kath- Why not? Kath- the original also started Catherine O'Hara, Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Jeffrey Jones yeah. uh, playing the dad. Uh, but, uh, one guy's the, what is his name? Alec, whatever. Oh, Otho, jail. the guy, or Glenn Shaddix says Otho, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Alec Baldwin's going to jail. Well, I don't like, know why Gina Davis wouldn't be in it. But, you could uh, put Gina Davis returning as, or just have a different set of ghosts that live in that house. Or whatever. I fucking love Beetlejuice. I was excited to hear this. Bring it on. Good. <laughs> I hate when that happens. I can't even think of all the fucking lines he does. I'll save that one for later. Yes, <laughs> saves his burps. Oh, the cartoon was great. Anyways, uh, good stuff. Let's take a break here, real quick. Play some promos. We're gonna come back and talk about the latest entry into the DC universe of movies. Right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Big on America. Your organization's terrible. Hey guys, this is Jason Dutch with Digging America Podcast, and I'm here with Big Hops. Do you have and to say your name so weird? How <laughs> you want me to say? <laughs> and I'm also here with Mikey Famine, the extruser. Por- extru- extruser. Oh. <laughs> 
Roll it over. No, it's staying. No, it's staying the way it is because this is the way the show is. Big <laughs> on America here, we explore how American history, policies, and sometimes even our pop culture created the social and political issues facing Americans today. Uh, a little bit about us. I'm your resident brother of the league. <laughs> I love America so much that I demand she be better through constant criticism and protest. Thank you. And uh, in your Obama voice, Mikey. I don't oh. like Obama. Of course you don't. You also don't like bathing and healthy meals. What Big on America is, is it's a healthy criticism of a country. We <laughs> America's already perfect. You should know we're perfect just like my hands. Well, I mean, a lot of people might say that, but those people probably haven't gone to school or brushed their teeth today. So um, <laughs> we're going to ignore them. But yeah, check out our show. It's unbeholden to any um, corporate overlords, except for Jay-Z, the Bilderberg yeah. Foundation. George Soros sponsored. George Soros. Soros. The Clinton yeah. Foundation. Absolutely. And uh, let's not forget Emotep. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out our website, digonamerica.com. You can check out all of our audio. We're on every single fucking audio podcast. Podcast app there is out there, Pandora, Spotify, etc. Subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast. Hopefully, you'll listen to the show, guys. I won't. Go fuck yourself. Big on America. Listener, if you enjoy the show, if we make you chuckle or cringe or have any kind of allergic reaction, uh, you should consider giving back to that uh, that feeling. Join our awesome Patreon fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! You can support the show on a monthly or annual basis, and we thank everyone for their continued support. You guys keep the show going every week for eight years. What? Nonstop. It's all because of you. Our special producers on Patreon. What do you get when you sign up? Well, you get access to an exclusive podcast feed where the shows come out early. There's instant reactions, bonus content. There's a couple of instant reactions to the movie we're about to review up there for you to, to enjoy. Uh, you also get Discord benefits. We do a monthly hangout on Discord, and you don't have to show your face. You can if you want. Some people don't, and then eventually they do, and they're a lot of fun. And we've been doing these for like two years now you realize this isn't that wow cool? yeah see i contributed this start, to the yeah podcast. this was rug boy's idea and we started <laughs> wow. in, in 2021 i believe doing these monthly hangouts and uh, suddenly two years have passed in fact this week's hangout it's not too late you might miss it it's this week it's thursday march 23rd the day after this show posts be sure to join it join us put it in your calendar uh and there's also a tier where you can pick your favorite movie uh, and make us watch it and review it. And we would love to do that. A lot of fun stuff. Appreciate the support. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. All right, let's get to this week's movie review. It is the latest DCEU. This is still the old DCEU. Close, right. Closing out with Shazam sequel, Shazam Fury of the Gods. Here is your spoiler alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This would be the 12th installment in the DC Extended Universe if you start counting from Man of Steel in 2013. And it is the first of the last four movies of uh, it's the lame duck year for DC movies here. And we'll talk about does any of this even count because James Gunn is resetting everything. Uh, the other three we have to look forward to. We just mentioned The Flash in June, Blue Beetle in August, and then Aquaman Lost Kingdom. Closes out the year 
on Christmas of this year, 2023. Uh, the, of course, Shazam published in the comics by DC Comics. First appearance in 1940 in Wiz Comics number two, created by Bill Parker, C.C. Beck. Uh, the sequel on Rotten Tomatoes currently sitting at a 53%, 5.8 out of 10. Audience give it an 88. Audience given it an 88%. Uh, this movie was made for an estimated budget of like 100 to 125 million. Some places said 120, 100. It opens domestically opening weekend, underperforming. There were projections where like it's going to make 35 to 40 million dollars, and it opens with 30 million dollars. Opening weekend domestic worldwide, 65 million does not crack 100 million even worldwide. Uh, in uh, in comparison, the first one opened to a kind of a surprising fifty three million dollars and finishes its run uh, three hundred sixty five million. So it doesn't break four hundred million. Probably this one probably cost a little bit more, and uh, those numbers are down from the original. Uh, this this one directed again by David F. Sandberg, written by Henry Gaden and Chris Morgan, starring uh, Zachary Levi as Shazam. You have, and then Asher Angel as Billy Batson, the little kid version of the same character. You got Jack Dylan Grazer playing Freddy, uh, Rachel Zegler as Anthea, Adam Brody as superhero Freddy, Rose Butler, Ross Butler, sorry, as superhero Eugene, DJ Catrona as superhero Pedro, Grace Caroline Curry playing both Mary and superhero Mary, uh, replacing the uh, superhero Mary from the last movie. Megan Good plays superhero Darla. Lucy Liu as Calypso. Jimon Hansu returning as the wizard. Oscar winner Helen Mirren. She's won an Oscar, right? Sure. I don't know. Uh, playing Hespera. And then as far as the kids, you have Faith Herman playing Darla. Ian Chen playing Eugene. Jovan Armand playing Pedro. Marta Milan's playing the mom. Rosa Cooper Andrews as Victor. And uh, brown guy, Rizwan Manji. Love Rizwan Manji. Uh, I don't know if he's playing the same character he played in Peacemaker. He was the janitor in the first episode. Remember him? Oh yeah, he is in. Uh, he's in this too. I wonder if it's the same dude. It just his credit is docent mm. for some reason. Uh, Anthony, uh, tell us. I believe you have seen this the most recently. When did you watch this movie? Yeah, this is basically this recording of the show is like an instant reaction for me because I saw this movie. Before we recorded, we probably I got out of the theater about an hour and fifteen minutes oh, before we started recording. Oh my god! All right, how was the theater experience first, and then uh, give us a plot? Huh, the theater experience, yeah, on a Monday at four p.m. Yes, uh, I was one of two in the movie. Oh, theater. that's a little bit more than what was in my theater. Oh, wow. Or less. Sorry, there's le- a little bit less, but very close. Yeah, so there was no movie experience. I mean, okay. just being in the theater. Let me just say, um, I saw it the Thursday night. Rolled up, very quiet. There was a total of seven people. That's it, just seven, including myself. So mm-hmm. it was nice. I felt like I had the whole place to myself. Yeah, it was nice in the sense that I didn't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Like literally, I could pull out my phone. If yeah, I, I was like, I could, I I snuck in like lots of snacks because <laughs> I was like, nobody's fucking checking on this. So it was no. great. Yeah. So what's the movie about? So, so I think it's like two years after the end of the first Shazam, and these two. These daughters of Atlas um, are looking to get this scepter staff thing because it it's basically that staff is contains the power of the gods that the wizards stole and brought to Earth, and they want that back. 
so they can re- they can uh, restore their god kingdom in another realm, which they've been relegated to since the wizard, which is played by Dijim Hansu, stole their power, and they want to get it back. And um, Shazam, played by uh, Asher, Asher Angel and Zachary Levy, and his family are trying to stop them. I guess. I mean, that that's really it. Yeah. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, they want to destroy the earth. Just for one of them does shits and giggles. One of them does. That's your basic plot. Uh, to spare your voice, I guess we'll go to Rugboy. No, no, we'll stay with Anthony. I'm going to make you okay. Uh Coming out of this movie, you know, the first one was we all said was fun. It had Mark Strong as Doctor Savannah. You know, and that's the one where he snaps the staff in half that they got put back together. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly fun. How did you feel? Coming out of this one. The first one is one of my favorite DC movies wow. they've ever made. Wow. Yes. I remember watching that one and being like, wow, this was such a pleasant surprise. Um, despite that, I had no hype going into this one. And I came out of this one and I would say it was okay. It was just, <laughs> it was okay. It, it It's not a bad experience. Like I didn't want to come out of that going, man, they, this was kind of stupid. Even though there were like dumb jokes. Yeah. I think it was just more... The, what the first one really had going for it was like this unexpected character, right? Where um, Asher Angel, played by uh, or playing Shazam, goes through this thing where he's like doesn't have a family, seeks out his mom. His mom actually left him purposely. He doesn't have a family. He finds it a family within this foster home of kids, and before this foster home of kids, he doesn't really care about anything. But by the end of the movie, he's not only He's not. He he becomes unselfish and shares the powers of Shazam with them, and it becomes this like great moment where yeah, he's like yeah. grown as a character and also sharing with his family the power. Yeah. This one doesn't really have that kind of character stuff. They try to force in some stuff with him leaving the house and maybe his mom not really feeling like he's she, he doesn't call her mom, but I don't think it works as well. And instead of that, they go kind of bigger and badder with like some of the effects and. Um, some of the plot stuff and more characters. So like you're kind of spread really thin and I think it makes the movie a bit more generic of a superhero movie Yeah, and loses some of the character stuff that made it really good, made a really good first one. So I think it kind of hurts the movie. I think the movie is just a little bit more unfocused than the first one. So all those things in mind, I think uh, make for a movie experience. And I also think um, Zachary Levy, yeah, in the first one, he's like kind of like a pretty good tone of like a, what a teenager is. Yeah, in this one I feel like Asher Angel as a teenager is more mature than Zachary Levy is as a teenager, as playing a teenager. Yeah. Like they're supposed to be the same guy. Yeah, so I thought that was weird, okay. and I thought uh, yeah. they spread out like they just spread out too much amongst all these characters. Like I felt almost felt like Freddie Freeman was the main character, but it's not. Yeah, and like you have this thing where the end of the first movie ends as goes on this long or goes on this ending where it's really like poignant and he's sharing the power with all the kids like or his, his family yeah. and then this movie does everything it can to take the power from the kids and just focus it back on Billy yeah and it's like well that's not really like what we wanted to see anymore we wanted to see the family have the power so I think it's a very mixed bag and uh, I just don't think it has as much heart as it did in the first one so that's my long-winded answer, and I'll shut up so I can rest my voice. Yeah, rest your voice. So that's very interesting because you didn't get to do an instant reaction having just seen it. So, yeah, you so know, all my thoughts are very instant, but uh, this, this is, is where I'm at right but now. But it is 
jives in line, I think, with what I think with absolute what I think about the movie too. It's kind of the same thing. I came out like it's okay. That's what I came out going. This was okay. Uh, like I said, there, maybe it was because there were seven people in the audience and they needed a crowd. I don't know, but I felt it was a little disappointing. It is, you know, it's still kind of breezy. Doesn't take itself so seriously. There's lots of destruction, which is fun to watch. But you were absolutely right. The story kind of lost me. It's very clunky. Yeah. Uh, it's unfocused. It's confusing at times. I found I didn't fall asleep like I did at Black Adam, but definitely <laughs> I found myself bored uh, in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, and you know the, the CGI, I thought, would ranged from decent to kind of questionable like the wooden dragon look cool and it takes these weird dark turns there's crazy cameos there are moments that kind of stick out i actually love the the, a lot of the freddy stuff um and there was some emotional moments but i didn't connect with it as the same as i did with the first one i didn't think it had the heart and i think maybe the first one worked better like it works better when the kids are just kids more you get to spend time with them and not the super powered versions of them in this one they were like the super powered versions a lot so i don't know i was like okay and then like these post credit scenes which we'll get into is like what is going on here is does this have a future why is this in here obviously you know it was made before gun and saffron got on board but you you got to think they looked at this and okayed it so i don't know so similar thoughts coming out of this rugs what did you feel how'd this hit you well Let's uh, talk about the story of this movie right now, which is it's getting uh, not the greatest ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. You got uh, Sandberg uh, on uh, Twitter trying saying he's not going to do superhero movies. Well, you're talking about the story around the movie, not the actual story in the movie. Yes. Now, I feel like, yes, it's very, very humiliating and, and, and hard to see your movie not do well. And to be honest with you, there were a lot of worse movies in this movie. This is not a terrible movie by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that um, this movie's doing a lot of stuff that other movies are doing. And it just so happens that every movie that Marvel's making has the same formula. You have like the lead character who's a buffoon. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it doesn't get their shit together. It's kind of like has all the support. Love it, Thor, Love and Thunder, a little bit. Yeah, well, like every Marvel movie. Yeah, like the main character always oh, does, and, can't and do also, shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like now that you've seen like three or four movies of this, like before when Shazam came out, it was fresh. You know, you're like, ah, okay, yeah. this is not taking serious itself seriously. So now, like, you're getting more of the same. And um, yes, this it's very evident that. Um, Shazam is acting way more immature than Billy Batson and uh, it doesn't quite match up. Yeah, they don't seem like the same um, person. All of his friend, all of his family get the powers, but did they want powers? Like we don't like uh, there's things I I'm always lost at sea about like number one, why is Billy Batson the chosen one? We never really get to really know that. Yeah. Um, Cause he's still such a buffoon, right? And they even they even like are they're, they're conscious of it. It's meta, but like they never really they only just they don't show you. They they only tell you like uh, the wizard at the end is like, I chose you because you you shared your powers. And I'm like, OK, well, that's something. But like, I don't really know. Like, so it's I, I don't buy into a lot of the stuff that this movie is doing. And 
I liked the first one because it was focused on him and his friend and this whole idea of like discovering these powers and whoa, I'm into this thrust into this world. And it was that, that whole discovery aspect and the trial and error aspect yeah, the of testing the, out your power scenes always great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Savannah was a great bad guy. He, you know, you felt right. You had credibility. He felt threatening enough. You spent more time with the, the family. You spent more time with them as kids and the interactions were kind of more that you got more mileage out of them, even though they might have not have been as much screen time, but like you got mileage. I think that the mileage we spend the time on the bridge, right? When that opening scene, yeah, the, the bridge, opening which, scene where they save, which the, is actually pretty badass. Yeah, but they don't actually it, save the collapsing bridge; it still falls. Right, and it, at the end, it's played for this fucking terrible thing that's happening is played for a joke. Yeah, and it, it sucks some of the the gravitas out of that. And I, maybe they they meant to do that; they want to keep it light, light and breezy. But um, yeah, you can't have like, oh, you're in peril now. This is, and then laugh it off. It's like, it's one of those things that Ragnarok did and Marvel started doing. So it's like a trend that's happening in movies. And it's kind of like now happened so many times that when you go and see it in Shazam, you're like, okay, that this was the gimmick for this movie. And now like that doesn't even seem special anymore. So it's just weird. Um, And uh, yeah, I just was like, nothing really offended me about this movie. It was just, to me, it was just like, if you, it didn't rise to the occasion of being like um, extra special. It was just kind of like it just it just kind of did what it had to do. And now we're just what we're getting now. We're getting like these things that are very procedural. And okay, you have a, a hero that's dumb, and you have all the supporting characters like support that and, and get this person in the right direction. And then at the end, the 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 character will rise to the occasion, and then. Blah blah blah. And there's you a know. big sacrifice, and but then yeah, but then they completely undo then it. it. They undo yeah. it. So wait, let's just break it down. Like it, you know, to its credit, it gets right into it. You know, uh, you, it, but it's very, it's it's a very it like gets a, right into it, and it's it's to its credit a very easy watch. It is. Yeah. It's a breezy. It moves pretty well. You know, we meet right. It's away. Not a slog. Yeah, it's no. um. It does have some moments of. Of cool stuff like the monster scenes are are, are good, and they had the Cyclops in there. Yeah, it, was like, it was like almost like you were watching like Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They had, yeah, they had like a Griffin and like uh, I mean, we talk about the unicorns, but them riding the unicorns. Oh my god, I uh, <laughs> that was strange. my my eyes rolled out of my head. I mean, I, but yeah, let can we just one quick second? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the little girl, the what's her name, Darla, um, was it Darla, Darla who yeah. was really cute in the first one. Yeah. They try to do that again in this one, but like, I mean, her doing Taste the Rainbow and Fading them Skills I mean, and them saying it was yes. like close enough to uh, whatever that um, sweet stuff that unicorns like was. I, I also, Ambrosia. Was like, Ambrosia. That was like, I was, was like, what is going, was, what is was, this? Were they trying to do like an E.T. with like Reese's Pieces? I didn't, I don't, that was. It, I mean, it was like straight product placement and yeah. very strange. Oh, yeah. So a couple of things there you mentioned, like one of the problems is like the, these kids are getting older, even when they're kids. Right. Billy talks about how he's 18. He's going to age out of the system. So I don't know how much longer, you know, they can retain their cuteness. But I did like that. They had these dark killer unicorns. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, that <laughs> was cool. It was just, fucking, just the fact that they tame them with Skittles. Yeah, they tame them with Skittles. And they ride them. And they and ride, they them. ride them in and impale these fucking monsters right through the chest. Yeah, it was just very. <laughs> well, it was weird, too, because. Like Billy or Billy's like, hey, go, go out and take care of the monsters while I like 
fend off the dragon. Right. It's like, how is this possible? They can't do it. Yeah, they don't so have then no you powers. you have them feed Skittles to a unicorn and yeah. they do it. Yeah. And on paper, that sounds kind of funny, but it's like, why didn't you just have them have their powers? If you think about what, what actually happens in this movie, this is a fucking convoluted fucking series oh, of yeah. events. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, Billy breaks a staff in half. Yeah. The staff now, like, that has a ton of power is just sitting in a museum. Yeah, he, and they the just made it, take the staff. <laughs> that was funny, though. To form it together to get the power of the gods back, but they actually still need an apple. So they got to go to this weird, they got a rock of eternity to find the apple. And then they got to play, they, they, Two of the two of the women want to put the apple on the god place, but the one woman's vengeful, Lucy Lou, who looks like she has an age of day and wants to put it in Earth because she's pissed off at Earth. Yeah. And then there's a dome that I forgot was a dome that was still there. Yes, the dome is there. And also I me- forgot the dome was there the entire time. I thought it left. Meanwhile, the third daughter of Atlas is flirting with Freddy and leading him into a trap to steal yeah. his powers for some fucking reason. Well, that, but I will say the line where the mom goes, "What is it with our kids and older women?" I, I did laugh at that because uh-huh. she's going for, uh, Freddie's going for uh, a Thea Anne, yeah, and then uh, Billy was all up into Wonder Woman. Okay, let's talk about that because probably one of the most disturbing scenes in this movie is the dream Billy has. That was actually hilarious. With, uh, I thought that was having a dinner shit. with Wonder Woman, and at first you don't see her face. It's kind of like another headless cameo, like Superman at the end of the last one. He's talking to her, and at this moment, the wizard, who is not dead, he thought he was dead, is trying to reach Billy to warn him about the Dodgers of Atlas, and she turns around, and you see the body of Gal Gadot in a Wonder Woman outfit with the head of Jimon Hansu. Oh, that, shit. That scene was hilarious. Re- that disturbing. reminded me of like the first movie and like how they were trying to get that 80s vibe where it was like, shit happens it's fucking weird yeah just go with it but i don't think they like and they, i think they were also trying to have that same thing happen with the unicorns and the skittles but i don't think it works as well with the unicorns and the skittles yeah that scene was actually kind of crazy and surprising fucking and weird but yeah. funny and then they also they kidnap freddy and they gotta go get him and uh then they yeah there's the apple of life and Aspera. they bring Aspera to the rock of eternity where they hang out and then freddy gets his powers back and holy but shit he loses them again and loses him again. And one of my other, I thought the scene was hilarious where they, they have to go get their parents because the dragon is coming and they finally reveal their powers and they all go at the same time, we're superheroes. And Pedro goes, I'm gay. <laughs> and then Shazam Billy's just like, we know, dude. It's okay. We know. But like they played that for, and like kind of, I wish they could have delved a little more. You see him like with this magazine in the beginning. But like, but you know, you know what the problem is? There's too many characters. There's just too many characters. Yeah. Right? You have adult and kid versions of each character. Yes. And you have three sisters that all have unique personalities, right? Like yeah. they they try to do things that make like make it not generic. Like the, all the villains have nuance and actually kind of disagree, and they're all like way in different age ranges too. Yeah, it's even weird. though they're supposed to be sisters, so yeah. like that all like makes it different. But then the stuff you're seeing on screen is stuff we've seen before in every Marvel and DC movie the last couple of years, right? In terms of the action. So yeah. it makes it, the action makes it super, anytime they like do the stuff that's actually supposed to entertain you in a superhero movie, it's actually like super generic. Like when the tree is growing out of the ground yeah. and like coming after people, Yeah, we've seen that in Justice League. We've seen that in and Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. Volume 2. The tracking, like the sh- even like the same yeah. tracking shot over the ground right. as the stuff busts up. Yeah. Right, the dome. We saw that in Avengers Infinity War. The dome reminds me of the Simpsons movie where they dropped the oh. dome on Springfield. I don't know why. Uh, and yeah. what? So let's talk about 
the villains for a second. These are not fun. It's not in the comics. Uh, they're made for this movie, and I thought Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu were just kind of doing the bare minimum in this. They, they seemed a little bored. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't feeling much effort. I thought Rachel Ziegler was, was good. She's very cute. She's great in West Side Story. I liked her. I thought uh, I liked the way they wrote the characters in that they were disagreeing, as I mentioned before, but you're right. I mean, I feel like Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren kind of slept walk through that entire thing. Yeah, a little bit, right? And then and, and like Lucy Liu is supposed to be the main bad guy. Yes. Bad girl. Yeah. Bad person. Yeah. Bad god. But she's not like she's just like, "Oh, she's got a dragon. Want to get revenge it. on the yeah. earth." Yeah. It's like, "Oh, that's And even the whole oh, like whatever. flip of Calypso where he convinces her as she's dying to help them. It just seemed to come out of nowhere. I just don't understand this whole god hierarchy at all. It's no. just such a it, it's such yeah. a, a hot mess. So, um, because then we see uh, they they play with these rules. So as the movie ends, you know he uh, uh, Billy convinces Calypso to shrink at the dome around him and the dragon and uh, Lucy Liu as he overloads his staff and I guess just explodes. Uh, the staff breaks again. She's apparently dead, and Billy is dead. And uh, so this movie took these weird dark turns for me. With the violent unicorns and like, I'm well, like, are they gonna fucking when they kill, kill him? Billy? I'm like, yeah, when they kill him, I went, maybe they'll kill him. Yeah, and I was I'd like, like, oh, that'd be kind of interesting. Are they actually? Yeah, that would have been actually something interesting. Are they killing him for real? But no, it's undone in the craziest way. At Billy's bur- burial in the God Realm, they're like, we need another God to fix this staff and bring the God Realm back to life. And just fucking Wonder Woman shows up out of nowhere, and it is Gal Gadot. Uh, apparently this was they were so desperate in their marketing they had revealed this in the commercial yeah i I didn't know that this was happening i didn't know i knew that they had spoiled it i didn't watch the commercial so i didn't know who it was gonna be and i was like oh shit it's wonder woman oh so that was kind of doing this weird thing too before she shows up where they were like saying shazam and billy slash billy is a god they were like oh he died and he needs to be buried like a god so we're gonna bury him in the god place yep, i mean I like, oh, now he's a god not, they're all gods so she's a god but then i was like why where, I, then i went well where's black adam isn't he a god well that's the other weird thing it's like don't you think somebody would have i mean you had the fucking same wizard it's the same set of powers they could have connected something that was a big miss as rugs mentions yeah I, I don't understand how this fits because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. didn't he give the rock shazam powers the wizard he gives everybody powers. Shazams? I don't know. I, yeah, and this one he's saying I shared my powers and shared it with them. He doesn't right, have. Then, where, how does that fit in with Shazam? I don't know. I don't know. And doesn't that Shazam Black Adam still have those powers? Well, he he chose him to be the champion, and then uh, he was like he fucked off and did whatever he wanted to do. So he had to go find another champion. And oh, but and then the he old, found Billy Bats. He he searched the entire universe for found millennia. This kid. <laughs> And he found this kid yes. for some reason. I have no idea why he's worthy. Uh, <laughs> there, there should have been. There should be a through line in this character, yeah. like that. That makes you understand why he's the chosen one. Because he's generous. And I never really That's get. I, well, I never really. I mean, look in the first movie, he, you know, he's got a lot of sh- bad shit going on in it in his life, but he decides to like help out. Uh, uh, Freddie, I guess his name is right. Yeah, Freddie decides to help out. But I think in the first one, if correct me if I'm wrong, 
he gets the powers, but it's almost like an accident. Like it's just like I thought the wizard was like dying or something. Right. He was he, like, "You need to have it just because someone needs to get he it." He was running out of not, time. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but then in this one, they're definitely trying to play up, like you said, rugs that like he's been worthy of it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I didn't. I just it just didn't read for me. No, they yeah, don't. They don't. They they didn't do the work to do that. No, they in don't this give movie. you any of that. Yeah, because then at the end, you're like supposed to like cry that he dies, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Kind of keep dick. him dead. Yeah. <laughs> So, but so again, no headless cameo. Fucking Wonder Woman, who's a god, restores the staff, slams it down, brings the god realm back, and then he comes back, and then he shares so his powers back with his siblings. They all have but, powers again. So she can give the power. I don't. Yeah, it's she, but she, she can give the power, the whole power back. Because I read it somewhere where she's not she Zeus's daughter. Yeah, so sure. she could only give you back the power of Zeus, or does she have the power of all those characters? I mean, can- they just said you need to be a god. This is all, you just need to be a god. That is all the criteria that was given, and the yeah, the wizard doesn't have powers. I don't. And then we end with the wizard and Anne are both uh, Jumon Hanzu dressing slick at the end. They're both going to live right in the mortal realm. And then this confusing thing where Shazam is like, "Wait, what's my name?" And he's like, "It's Shazam, you idiot." Yeah. But you can't tell anyone your name. But he can't say his name because that'll change. But yes, yeah, so. I was like, didn't you know that was your fucking name? Yeah, that was weird. I know they, they, they did a joke on it earlier, though, where you're like, Captain Marvel. Someone oh, calls yes. Him Captain the, Marvel. There was Someone a guy that said that. Name. Yeah. yeah. There's, and we'll get to that. That's kind of an Easter egg who said that. Okay. So then two post credit scenes. Let's get to this confusing fucking mess. In the first one, we see we are meeting up uh, with Amelia Hartcourt, John Economos, walking through the forest, looking for uh, the person they're going to recruit. Pause real quick right there. Yeah. You can then you can finish. Yeah. So when I saw Amelia Harcourt, I was like, oh, well, this is probably going to still count in James Gunn universe because he's got his wife in this fucking thing. I mean, she's in everything. She was in Black Adam also. That's it, what Rugg said earlier. He's going to keep everything with his wife has been in or he's been involved. It, it, it just looks bad. It is, I'm sorry. It is curious. <laughs> it does. She, it's infuriating. Yeah. No, I, I saw a lot of people tweeting like, is she going to show up in fucking everything now, James Gunn? What's the but deal? Like, the the rumor is that Gal Gadot is out, right? And Jay, and Jay, and well, Henry Cavill's out. I don't know. And mm. Gal's out. You think Gal's out? I don't think. Gal's yeah. Well, out. Ben Affleck is out. Affleck's so definitely all, out. So they're all out. And even uh, I I think uh, Aquaman's out. No, but he yeah. might just play somebody else. I think they keep Gal, and maybe we'll we'll get into it. Look here. So they're they're looking for Billy Batson, who's Shazam, and he's shooting bottles with his little electricity fingers. Real cute. They want him to join. For some reason, yeah, he's, he's there. He's just in the middle of the forest going, zing, zing. Terribly stayed. Why? Yeah. So Amanda Waller has sent them to recruit him to not the Justice League, but the Justice Society, and he makes fun of the name. So this is all tied back to Black Adam and, a, and the other characters. Are you, you're forgetting into it, Black at the Adam. end he makes an Avengers joke. Uh, oh, yeah. He goes, maybe you should call it the Avengers Society. He's like, that one sounds good. <laughs> But I'll, look, so here's what this leads me to believe. There is an Amanda Waller show coming. We saw the Justice Society and Black Adam. Could they salvage those four? Dr. Fate's dead, but maybe you could bring it back to life. So do, you know, does, do people want to see Adam Smasher and Cyclone and fucking Hawkman and Dr. Fate? No Black Adam. Waller is a show is that I don't know. Whatever. They show up. Nobody again. gives a shit about okay, any of that. So that's the first. Well, apparently, yeah. what's his name? Gun in twenty January said he was interested in keeping Levy 
for the upcoming universe. Yeah. So that, that, that again leads me to think he saw this and said, oh, this is okay. Cause we are going to, this, this is okay. So my wife gets to be in it. My wife we is know in it. Okay. And Zach, you can keep your job. So, okay. And then the second post credit scene, which is even more confusing, ties back to the first movie's post credit scene. Where in that like one, deep, deep cut. where you saw Dr. Savannah, Mark Strong in jail, and Mr. Mind, this fucking caterpillar, who's a Shazam villain, comes to him in the cell and says, I'm going to get you out. We're thinking of a way. I'll be back. So it's two years later. He's still in fucking prison, and Mr. Mind's there, and he's like, what's taking so long? He's like, we're going to get out. And then he's like, but first I got to do one thing and slowly crawls away. Well, he, he says, what's taking you so long? He's yeah. like, dude, I'm a caterpillar. Yeah, it's, it's like, I, I, I can't fly and I don't have any legs. I move slow. I slither around. This shit and takes he's time. like, I got an idea. Or he's like, I tell you everything after I do this one last thing. <laughs> and the guy's like, God damn it. And I was like, what? Why? So there's I don't a, know why they kept that in there, but I, I did laugh. So working backwards, the story I read about that post credit scene is that Savannah, it was like a cut scene. Savannah, I think, was supposed to be in the movie. And maybe oh. it was going to be about Mr. Mine and Savannah getting out was a sequel. But he wrote the scene and they were like, can we use this post credit scene? Now, that first post credit scene, apparently uh, someone asked David F. Sandberg, the director on Twitter. I know it's way too early to ask, but whose idea was it to bring that one character from Peacemaker slash the Suicide Squad, Black Adam, into Shazam as a post-credit scene. If it's yours, what's the reason for choosing that character? And he said they are supposed to be Justice Society members, but when that fell apart at the last minute, we had to improvise. This happened way before Gunn became boss. I know a lot of people think it was his idea, but it wasn't. Why would it fall apart? I don't know. So any- that tells me that they don't want to use those characters moving Yeah, forward. there's no reason for it to fall apart. Those guys are doing nothing. The guy who played Hawkman, yeah. like, he's not doing anything. El- Eldris Hodge. <laughs> uh, Noah Centino is not being He-Man, so he lost that yeah. role. Uh, so I don't know. Even with that, you know, that also doesn't make sense. But having Gal and that cameo, I feel like they may want her to stick around or this is all for nothing. What is who it? Who knows, it's right? Me. Because they have it's, – it's tough to tell because you have Gal – but as Ruggs mentioned, like Gal could be gone because we we just saw Black Adam with Henry Cavill, right? And then two days later, <laughs> if I like they said, "Yep, Henry Cavill, you can go take a hike." How about that? The last I saw, Gunn said we have not let Gal Gadot go. So I don't. Know. It, the only thing, that, as mentioned, the only thing that makes me think this might be more important is because his wife said it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can't, look at shit on your wife, can you? No, he's got to get a divorce, and then he can cut that out. Yes. And she's like, I got to put me in everything. I mean, look, what what did he call phase one? Gods and monsters. What's in this movie? Fucking gods and monsters. All I don't this think this is considered movie. part of his phase one. It's though. not, but there's. Yeah. The, could you use some of these gods and monsters? I don't know if I want to see those gods again. No, I, don't, I don't think anyone does, no, to, no. But based on the opening. Levi still maybe has a job. Unclear. Here's the craziest thing. Uh, David F. Sandberg has gone on. The internet uh, to talk about the reviews. Uh, he, this is what he says. He goes on Rotten Tomatoes. I just got my lowest critic score and my highest audience score on the same film. I wasn't expecting a repeat of the first movie critically, but I was still a little surprised. Oh, he says, as I've been saying for a while now, I'm very eager to go back to horror as well as trying some new things. After six years of Shazam, I'm definitely done with superheroes for now. Oh shit! That's two directors that have quit superhero movies. Because of fucking Warner Brothers, right, right there. Hmm. Well, look, uh, I uh, tweeted back at him he, about he did. this. Rugs actually commented on this thread, and I just said, number one, you know, 
it's not really your fault because you know you're just your movie is unfortunately doing all the same fucking buffoon as the main character like everybody else and now like people are sick of that um it's not your fault but that's what happened they kind of oversaturated that market um and then the second thing that i kind of said not this is not a quote by the way is that um talking about getting into this business uh, of directing comic book films yeah. it's a very hard business because you got um the older fans that are entrenched and they're bitter because all their shit is like not being adapted properly and then you got the new fans that want to like they they want change they want everything to be different they don't they don't care about the past and then you got in the middle you got the corporate uh things that all they care about is making money and how much is this going to improve stock prices so all of those things you're 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 entering into a world where yeah dude like it's not going to be fun if you fuck up like it's not going to be fun if you don't make that movie you're going to get this is where you get fucking the, the two fandoms are going to clash against each other and you know what i mean make an example of you so yeah it's not for the faint of heart no. you got to direct comic book movies you got to like you got to be in it you have many masters to serve there, right? That uh, and balance that shit. Well, I think that the best thing to do is to always service the actual comic book and the source material because that shields you from a lot. Because you're like, well, it's in the comics, all right. This is what made it famous. And then if that if that formula worked back then, it should still continue to work for people who have not seen it. It's kind of like saying, hey, man. Do you want to listen to this rock band called Nirvana? And then you don't play Nirvana. You play something else. Mm. And no, no, you show them Nirvana. Like if Nirvana has anything like good about it, people will still see it. You know what I mean? You don't go and like remix it, like and, and put some fucking 808 drums in there, which is not, it's just not a good idea. Well, I mean, look, overall, like this bad opening and critical reception, like this movie kind of had an uphill battle being in this lame duck year. Right. You know, Black Adam didn't do well. well uh, here's my take on it, on the movie, um, and why it maybe performed what poorly and why maybe we're reacting not, I wouldn't say super negatively, right. just kind of like, eh. Yeah, yeah, it's just okay. It's like, you, you watch the movie and I, I, I really don't know why it was made. What is the there point really of the movie? There. Yeah, there's there's nothing. It's a it's just soup. It it's just super generic. It's kind of forgettable. It just kind of sits there. It doesn't it's take very, it very doesn't generic. take the momentum off the first movie and yeah. do anything with it. Like there's no, as I outlined in the you know as I started, there's no character arc here that really gets you into it like it did in the first one so remember how i said like the airman quantum mania was comic booky in a good way this is like comic booky in the other bad way <laughs> it's like it's very comic booky but like well i don't think that that's necessarily bad, bad just, but just need, more generic need, like you have a lot of there's a lot of fucking cheesy ass movies out there yeah. but the character and the story are 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 there enough to grab you and 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 Sometimes it's in simplicity, man. Like, you watch a Rocky movie. How much more of a, or, or a Creed movie? It's absolutely in simplicity. How yeah. simple? How yeah. simple it is? Is it? It's like okay, these guys are fucking boxing. There's really not really a lot to it. Yeah. Right. But then you have the drama of the characters and what their lives are like, and who are these people, and why right. are they doing this? Right. And that's what makes it compelling. And then you have the action sequences or the fight sequences to kind of support those things. And I think they're overcomplicating this. Like these comic books essentially are very simple. Sure. 
you know, there's not a lot to them. And they're overcomplicating these things um, by adding way too many superfluous characters, by trying to serve too many masters at the same time. And you just get this convoluted thing. And um, now we're starting to tire of it because the novelty of seeing superheroes on screen, we've been now doing this for like, what? um, At least 23 years, 24, 25 years. Yeah. So like, you can't just, you can't just do the typical shit anymore. Like we're done. We're done. We've seen it all. Yeah. I mean, the the whole thing, what have we not seen at this point? Yeah. James Cameron's going to have to do a superhero movie to show us something. Like you want to know, like the Batman was refreshing because it was like a movie where Batman was fucking Batman. Although he (laughs) Riddler Batman loses like the Riddler is a step ahead of him the whole time. Think about it. Right. But like very good Batman. But Batman's not a buffoon. Right. Like he's he's Batman. He's doing what Batman would do. He's just not maybe not as 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 competent as he is in the future. But like, right. Yeah, but he's learning. Yeah. He's he's changing and learning and and adapting. So, you know, there's something to that. I mean, that like, is a masterpiece compared to some of these uh, movies. Oh, it's Oscar level compared to it, some yeah. of the shit. But like, I, you know what? I didn't even mention my favorite character. I think stole this movie is the fucking magic pen named Steve. That was my favorite character. <laughs> oh yeah, I, we fucking didn't even talk about it was, that. It was great. I want to. Oh man, pen. how. But that just makes that makes Shazam look such such an idiot. Yeah, yes. that's the yes. thing is like he's writing the the letters. Yeah, and when she reads it the first time, I am like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, but then like he keeps doing the bit where yeah. he like thinks the pen is correcting him. Oh yeah, and like, he's writing everything the pen. He's writing everything they, he's saying. Yeah, it's like, they, dude, you, they, like any eighteen year old would figure out what's going on they, here. It's like, like is yeah, they overdid that a little. It's like the joke is more important than your character, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, I think um, my biggest nitpick with it was uh, my, 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 was uh, the fact that um, Zachary Levy doesn't act. The, the, the Billy Baston is actually more mature than him. Yeah, the, yeah. I yeah. don't know why they couldn't. I mean, as a director, you don't know that. You can't tell that when you're when you're watching it. it yeah, and then and then like the thing is too is they maybe because they Billy Baston the character the actor Asher Angel is getting older, but like. Go back to him as the the kid. Yeah. Like, yes. Don't keep going back to Zachary Levi as a man child. Like, yes, that's funny. Yeah. But like in doses, in if it's him doses. the entire time doing that shit, like you said, Rugs, we're, <laughs> we've seen Chris Pratt and Thor and yep. uh, Paul Rudd and everyone yep. do this bit for a while now. Like, yep. it would be cool. more funny too if he seems competent and then does a stupid idiot thing, right? Instead of he's constantly an idiot. Right. You know? I did enjoy him at the pediatrician when he's talking to you that he has imposter syndrome. Like it gives you a little bit into his mind, but but it's, it, it's funny. It's yeah. it's funny, yeah. like written down. Yeah. But think about it logically. Would an eighteen year old be like, "I'm going to a pediatrician to talk no, about my psychology"? No, he wouldn't be that much of an idiot. No, right? Yeah, eighteen year old. As an eighteen year old, I knew what the fuck a pediatrician was. And also, like again, I, to really reiterate what I said, like I I think it works better when you hang out with the family as because kids. they need to make right. that joke. Like that could have yeah. been a guidance counselor that didn't right. have to be written, but they wanted to write that joke. Just, right. So right. they sacrifice right. anything just for the joke, and. Yeah, it, that, it it's and taxing. That joke is in knocked up. Yeah. So, um Seth Rogen goes to the doctor's office to talk about him being a dad and he's like and the the doctor goes, "I'm a pediatrician. You're sitting on a fire truck <laughs> Oh right my now. god, it does the same fucking joke. It's the same joke. 
So, and moving yeah. forward, look, if Shazam continues, like, Asher Angel's getting, they're all getting older. You you lose the whole point of the fucking Shazam that, character. That's just a tough thing about making yeah. Shazam movies. Yeah. The, the, the kids are going to get older. So, let me ask you, do you guys, would you want more Shazam? I'd be okay if there was no more. I don't think yeah. you can do it. This kid's going to be 25 yeah, in the next movie. Work. Yeah, it's like he's an adult and he's turning into an adult. Yeah, yeah, it will just be adult Shazam being an adult and still acting like a fucking idiot. And, yeah. yeah. All right. So let's. It's a. It's a. It, it, that's just a quandary of the character. Yeah. You can't really do much. Yeah. Can, it doesn't have a long shelf life no. on, in the on the big screen unless you recast every time. Correct. That's the only thing they could do is recast Billy. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this up with a rating and a ranking out of the twelve movies that I've listed here. Real quick. Here's the twelve since 2013: Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Aquaman. Shazam, Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman 84, The Suicide Squad, Black Adam, and now Shazam Fury. The gods, I have left out Zack Snyder's four-hour Justice League cut. Uh, I don't know. Batman, right? Oh, shit. I didn't even count the Batman. No, those aren't. But those that's aren't Elseworlds. Yeah. yeah. Technically, even Zack Snyder's other movie is an Elseworlds movie, right? Is it? No. That's part of the DCEU. You mean no, the, the four-hour cut one? Yeah. Maybe. So technically that's out. I have to take that off my DC. Okay. List. So then I just said, these are just the 12. Then if you take that out, although that movie's pretty damn good and it would probably be high on the list. That's a different story. Anthony, where would you give, give this movie a rating and where would you put it? Wow. It's tough. Um, I gave it a, I was going to give it a five, but I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go six out of 10. Okay. Maybe five and a half. I'm going to go five and a half. Okay. Above a barely above average movie, yeah, but not like you know, not shit. Like I, I, you can throw this. I wouldn't be. I'm not mad watching. Yeah, it's because it does retain some of the charm, right? Some of the heart, a little bit. Yeah, the breeziness is not. It's just not bad. So, I'm actually putting this at. I'm gonna go in the like seven range. Five to seven, right? Yeah, it's very mid. Because if you like compare this to the crap DC's putting out, it's not so. Behind that, I would have it's in the area of Aquaman, Man of Steel, Birds of Prey. Okay, what? So what? It's better than it's around those movies. I don't know yeah. if it's better than. No, I'm saying it's it's, be, it's it's better than better than for me. Black Adam, yeah. Wonder Woman eighty four, yeah. Suicide Squad, BVS, yeah. and Justice League. Mm, wow. Okay. That's yeah. That's about right. If you think about it, these are all bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> But then, go ahead. Yeah. No. All right. Uh, Rugs, give it a number and a ranking there. I will give it a six um, because I thought that bridge scene was kind of cool and uh, the monsters were cool. And uh, overall, it just seemed like a big movie for the budget that it was at. Yeah. I think the budget was $100 million and it looked really good for a $100 million movie. Yeah. There was some. There were some really weird CG Where did it going look on. Bad? Where was the worst in this? When he know? hits the dome and his shoulder looks like it gets dislocated. Yeah, the whole dome thing. It was very. It was terrible. I mean, there was some like questionable CG, but overall, I think it was for the money that they paid. If there was a two hundred thousand dollar movie, you'd be like, "This is." Shit. What do you think about the wood? The wooden dragon. Did that? It was okay. It was fine. The wooden dragon was okay, but it's. Have uh, you seen better on Game of Thrones? I mean, maybe yeah. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have that humanity or that ability to like feel m- more real because it's wood. Yeah. And, um, well, just one ahead. thing. One thing we've seen, and you can finish, is um, 
when we see a wooden dragon chasing people, we've seen this in Thor, we've seen this in Shang-Chi, where you just have giant CGI monsters fighting a solo person. Yeah. So that's another thing where it's just like, we've seen this But before. there was like yeah. some Zack Snyder level of destruction. I was like, look at all this collateral damage. They're just going through buildings and shit. People yeah. definitely die. Oh, I couldn't figure out the the girl's powers that makes buildings move. I'm like, oh, yeah. how oh. isn't everyone dying and when she's yeah, using this power? I thought she moved. Yeah, does she move herself through space or actually I, I move? Don't, I things? couldn't get it. I didn't. It wasn't. It was magic. Wasn't, Were they actually moving? What I the didn't fuck get is, how it yeah, worked. What was going yeah, on? Was I point. just. It was too nondescript. Like yeah. I couldn't figure out. Like. Is everybody dying now? Yes. Are they, is like, he, what if you were in know. that apartment and she pushed you through another building? What happens? Right. Yeah, I don't know how that works. That's a good point. But that's way too much power, too. Yeah. Like, if you're, I, I, you know, they didn't really get into how that was. So that one was a thing. Anyhow, what I'm saying is uh, I would give it a six because it had some interesting stuff going on uh, visually. Um, and they did manage to get this visual stuff for a. Uh, 125 million price tag, which is actually what movies should cost instead of 200 million, you know? Yeah. And you can do a lot. This just shows you could do a lot with that money. So it's watchable. It's, it moves on at a good pace. It's light. Uh, you might get bored, but it's not going to be as boring as some other films I've seen. So it's got that going for it. So I give it a six for that. Okay. Um, I, I, uh, I do think that, um, it is suffering from the weight of, yeah, being a, being a lot of stuff we've seen before, a lot of writing we've seen before, writing for the joke instead of for the character. Uh, that's all a problem here. Um, and where does it rank? I, I think um, uh, Wonder Woman, Man of Steel, The Suicide Squad, uh, Shazam 1 are way better movies than this. Yeah. But I, so it, it would probably end up being around six or seven. So. Mid, yeah, you know what? It's nearly the exact same for me. Again, it's not a bad movie. I mean, I had a little bit of fun. I'm gonna give it a six and a half. Uh, and it's it is it is it's mid mid tier. It is definitely better than Black Adam and the first Suicide Squad. I like Birds of Prey, so maybe it's tied with Birds of Prey. Um, but yeah, see, like the question I asked myself is the kid ruining Black Adam, yeah. But they had such cool action sequences with the JSA and everything. I know. And you know what? It was on HBO and I was watching like the last act again. And then that big. So it's like, yeah. Like how much better is this than Black it's Adam? Ver- it- like it's just marginally better. Like maybe Black Adam was visually better to look at. But that, that, yeah. that red demon at the end is is a, is a mess. Yes. The movie's that, a mess. that ruins the yeah. whole movie. The red the demon movie- is a mess. Yeah. And I think- that kid. Yeah, the kids, the kid actually like sucks. Yeah. Whereas the kids in this one they're don't, yeah. they don't suck. It yeah, just kind of like good. they were written badly. Yeah. Like yeah. that kid sucks. And then also, uh, someone said this a lot a while ago, but I'll, I'll repeat it. The Rock has like two acting phases in the yeah. movie. He yeah. can either like be really serious. He's either just pissed off or like cracking a one liner joke type yeah. thing. Yeah. Like he has no nuance for his performance. Um, I mean Zachary Levi is not great either in this one, but. I honestly think uh, that that dude playing Freddy uh, kind of did a good job. He was borderline annoying. Like he could have no, been. He was annoying to me. He was. It, like, he was riding on line, and it kind of dipped in it. But I <clears> think <throat> the movie should have just been about them two. You could focus in a little more. But then there's a the family. You got there's all these other people. But I thought the Freddy stuff was uh, was kind of funny. I don't know. For me, the Freddy was like. I felt like he was doing his best. Um, like a breakfast club type or like character. a little Ryan Reynolds kind of 
No, yeah, you you bit. nailed it. I was gonna say he's doing the guy from the Breakfast he's doing Club. Doing Judd Nelson? Oh no, he's yeah. doing no, no, uh, no, Michael no, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, Anthony yeah. Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall from the Breakfast. You talking, nailed it. Yes, what, talking Anthony. fast. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. nailed it. I was going to say that in the beginning, and 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 I I forgot see, about it. Anthony Michael Hall way funnier than he you than the, this Freddie's lines here. So, but yes, I could see that. That's really good. Yeah. That well, that's what the, that that was what made the first movie yes. really good. Yeah, is they 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 nailed that tone. It's kind of a smart ass, but like clever and quirky. But this one, they this one is just it's just too many care. Like there's there's a lot of little things you can just yeah. nitpick about it. All right, well, look, we're not done talking about the movie. Let's find out what our listeners thought in news from the nation. It's not for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. <laughs> It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. That was like a little trumpet, like you were starting to play taps or something on your. Yeah, sometimes I can't get the hole open wide enough for it to be <laughs> what? a wet booty is slapping. Uh, uh, all right. You know what? We had some positive responses to this movie, despite our opinions. You know, everybody has uh, valid opinions. Daryl K. He says Shazam Fury of the Gods, 8 out of 10. Funny, charming, Whoa. entertaining. Whoa. Better than the first one. Whoa. Uh, and then he mentions the cameos, uh, of course, meaning Wonder Woman. And uh, there's some other cameos I'll get to. J- Jamie Robinson mentions. So Daryl K. loved it. And he likes to have a good time. Yeah. He and there's nothing wrong. I can see how you could like this movie, right? There's like nothing wrong with that. Like, absolutely. Joe Henry also said, I believe I liked it more than the first one as well. Uh, Blake Braden says better than Black Adam and about the same as the first one. Weird that Whoa. the main kid has a deeper voice than Zachary Levi. I guess that is weird. Zach Cooper enjoyed it also. Uh, Jamie Robinson pointing out some things like the actress who plays Mary playing Kid Mary and superhero Mary threw me off for a bit. But really, when you're 24, I guess you can play up and up and down. And then regarding the cameos, he says, am I the only one old enough to know who Michael Gray is and why it was so cool to see him in the film? He was Shazam. Yeah. Yes. We saw him. He was wearing a red shirt. He played Billy Batson in the Shazam TV show. That ran for 28 episodes from 74 to 76. And I think he's the one who says, calls him Captain Marvel real quick. It's a very, yes, I believe very quick cameo. So that's, that was kind of fun. Uh, so that's basically the thoughts on the movie. Jesse Rodriguez writes in, uh, with some, uh, programming thoughts. He says, just an idea. Hear me out with John Wick four coming out next week and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning coming out this summer. Can we get a show that ranks action stars over the last 40 years? I grew up with Arnold, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Stallone, and Swayze. Fuck you, Roadhouse's aces. Being the main players, especially when it comes to nostalgia. But I'd love to see a tournament that pits the stars against each other. Who is the best action star of the last 40 to 50 years? I'll raise my Patreon fee if I can get this content and commentary. Oh, shit. I like that last line. Oh, man, what a challenge. Thoughts on this, because John Bellotti Jr. shut it down very quickly in the thread for this thing. Why would he say? He says right off the bat that goes to Schwarzenegger and Stallone. That's not too much of a contest with this one. Just his hot take. He goes on to say, uh, you know, what is the definition of an action star? Has it expanded? No way you are seeing Arnold or Stallone, even in their prime, doing the things that Keanu is pulling off or the ridiculous stunts crews putting his, himself through. Uh, so he's just saying it's a how do, how are we approaching it and it's a different time, but I think there's something there about. I think there's something there. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, I mean, you could if you did it over a long span of time and did like Eastwood all the way up to Keanu right now, and you know, I think you could have some fun with it. And just you just rank their body of work. I you know, and I still feel like one of those guys makes. Jesse, would you do us a favor? Pick sixteen to thirty-two oh. actors, actresses, and there we go. Maybe we'll do it for you. But like, there let's. We but we'll, let me just get this out there real quick. So Keanu is what, like just about turning sixty. Yeah. And uh, Rocky was in the ring beating someone up at sixty something, and doing the and doing the fucking uh, those all those movies, uh, the uh, the rejects. What are they called? The Expendables. The Expendables. Yeah. yeah. He's doing. He did three of those. Yeah. At sixty plus. So th- here's the thing with these tournaments and these drafts. When we do this, especially the tournaments, we have to define. Like we ran into the whole thing. What is science fiction? We should have defined it beforehand. We and Bilotti mentions this. How do we approach what is an action star these days? Has it changed? We have to define what that means. What do you mean? What does that mean? Like, does the the actor do his own stunts? Stallone does a lot of his oh, stunts. That doesn't, that doesn't. That's not. That's um. Not. Uh, is it you know the 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 dangerous stuff they're doing now versus back then? Oh, it's 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 no. It's it's who's in an action movie that does well? Okay. And like right now, the biggest action, biggest action franchises right now are Fast and Furious, Mission Impossible, and John Wick. Agreed. He was the main actor in those movies. I agree. Vin Diesel. Yeah. Uh, uh, Keanu. Yeah. Cruise. Tom Cruise. Well, they're then definitely in the tournament. Yeah. The Rock. The Rock is in the tournament. Yeah, but you could put in like the Jason Statham's and Jason Statham. I think you would even open it up to like some of the Hong Kong people. Oh sure. You okay. know, make it. Let's really make it mm, interesting. That could be good. Jesse Rodriguez. That's your homework, though. We need a list. And then you throw in like Clint Eastwood, right? Clint Eastwood's an all-time action star. But then, it's a different action. Then you got Charles Bronson and shit then. Throw him in. <laughs> Mel Gibson. <laughs> Mel Gibson, throw him in. Yeah. Oh, man, this could be something. All right, I kind of like this idea. I think we can make this work. All right, let's close up with some what are we watching. Uh, you and- guys talk about Mandalorian. I have not. You still not caught up? I think I might. This might be one of those where I binge it all right before we watch. Have talked okay. about the last episode. All right, just quick spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Episode three of the Mandalorian. It's, I'm I'm gonna take a look at women while you guys do this. You do that. We'll be quick. We'll be quick. This uh, the longest episode of the series yet, clocking in at 56 minutes and a very different episode. Stepping away from Din Djarin and Bo-Katan. Uh. And this one showed us life on Coruscant post Return of the Jedi. Uh, your common blue collar life, uh, Doctor Pershing the cloner, returning, and it's mainly about Doctor Pershing uh, getting in, re- like rehabilitating himself, going back into society. Right. I thought it was very Andor like. You have the Mando bookending it. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. It was different. Rugs. What do you think? I was completely fucking did not give a shit about any of this. Oh, no. What a waste of time. I don't like I did not like it at all. It was dumb. Like now we do know that this this uh, woman is part of like uh, wasn't part of the Imperial Army at one point and was working with Moff Gideon. Right. Yes. So that was cool to see where she is at. Yeah. And what she's up to. We did not need to spend a whole episode on this. They were both. We did not. This could have been a five minute (laughs) thing. And we spent a fucking half hour on it. No, I'm sorry. Like it. 
This is so fucking because what what happens? What do you learn that you need to learn that this guy <gasps> they spend a whole Anthony they spend a whole fucking episode <laughs> on this dude who did experiments and like he just they're illegal clothing experiments now yeah and it means nothing in the end the grand scheme of things like even if it did mean something it this particular thing means nothing. So uh, it was a waste of time, a complete waste it's of fucking weird time. That they and tried I'm insulted to- that people like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's weird they tried to pull an Andor. I, you know, the, it was like a Blade Runner city. You see, but and no, but no, Andor everything. Yeah, every fucking scene that happens is is is, is, is germane to yeah. what's going Absolutely. on. You're talking about a rebellion that's mounting. Right. You have people that are pieces that are moving. On a on a fucking chessboard, so things have to move into position. In this, this is a, super, a superfluous thing that's happening. That this bitch is gonna just end up somewhere else, <laughs> and then it, none of this shit's gonna matter. Yeah, what she's was gonna the be fucking point? busting Moff Gideon out or whatever. She's gonna fucking I don't know what she's gonna do, but it's gonna it's completely meaningless that this guy gets killed because. At the end of the day, we don't even need like this could happen. And I mean, we could get this information Wait, in a five minutes. I thought they just captured him. What happened at the end? They fried his brain. Oh, that's right. They fucking shock treatment. Re- they reprogrammed they mind played him. That's right. Why? But the, I was left wondering why did any of this happen? And why was it? A, why she no, set it's him completely up? a waste. And if you don't if you don't think it, it's because you're fucking simping for the for this fucking actress or whatever, like give me a fucking break. Like. We don't give a fuck about this character right now. We're about to learn about Mandalore and all this other shit. This is so strange because in Book of Boba Fett, they go away from Boba Fett for a whole episode, two episodes to give us a Mando show. And then this one, it like goes away and tries to be something else. Hopefully it pays off. It probably won't. If it doesn't pay off, Imran. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. I'm (laughs) I'm fucking done with Filoni. Like, I don't understand what the fuck this is. Yeah. It was, it was, what is this? Yeah. Okay. What is it? It better, it better, like, if at the end of the episode we find out that she's fucking something, but we don't find anything out, it's just a little thing that they. Wow, uh, wow, what a waste! Anyways, time. they're following it up next week with the shortest episode to date, uh, thirty minutes. Great, thirty minutes. Yeah, from, okay, from an whatever. hour back to thirty minutes. Uh what, Anthony? You watch anything? You were out part- partying no, in Vegas. Town, yeah, You're partying in Vegas. Rugs, uh, give me a couple of things you watched there that were good. I watched a shitload of stuff. All right, just give me Whoa. a couple. But. <laughs> I'll give you. Give I'll give ones. you three three really interesting ones. So uh, I watched a Jason Statham film uh, directed by Guy Ritchie called Wrath of Man, Ooh. and it is a actually a pretty decent film. Uh, it is a movie about uh, revenge and um, what you'll do to get it. And uh, Jason Statham plays the the man who was wronged, and uh, I think I think it it resolves itself in a very uh, satisfying way. And it by no means is the greatest movie you'll ever watch, but it's a solid, I would say six, six and a half. Okay. All right. And then I also watched dragged across concrete okay. starring Mel Gibson. Yeah, hold on. I got to, I got to pause you there because I didn't, what I didn't tell you guys is Seth Morgan has picked that movie as a Patreon movie. Okay. Dragged across concrete starring Mel Gibson from 2018. I believe it's on Hulu. Yeah. yeah. It just popped on. So maybe we should pause his thoughts on that. Yes. One. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then I'll just get to the other okay. one. The next thing that I watched is I watched a double feature 
of uh, ninja movies from the 1980s, Kung Fu, Hong Kong movies, uh, martial arts filmed. And I was uh, curious to watch this called Ninja in the Dragon's Den. Oh, my God. There's a ninja in the dragon den? How do you get in there? Okay. Let me just just let me tickle your balls for a second. (laughs) All right. Please do. This movie is a super Chisola fest. All right. It begins with a ninja music video with, with the most unbelievable song that you've ever heard about ninjas with like a funky bass line. No way. Yeah. Awesome. It's like ninjas. <laughs> like you got to fucking hear. It. Anyway. So all these ninjas are doing ninja things and they're like running up the fucking side of the walls. You're like the power of the ninja. For some reason that happens and then they never go back to that. <laughs> right? So there's this opening montage. Anyhow, it opens up on this um this kind of like a kung fu prince who lives like in a tower and he has like a he has like a servant and uh he's got like this uh teacher that he goes to that's from Japan. And it's like he's like it's like his uncle and he whatever anyway anyhow um some dude is a ninja there's a ninja on the loose of course there is that's trying to kill people and he finds out that he that he's after his uncle like this uncle so he's like oh, I got to track this ninja down anyhow long story short is that uh he ends up um fighting this guy this ninja to like a standstill and it's a kung fu versus ninjutsu china versus japan all this stuff and uh the ninja is actually a nice guy and but like he's uh, he's he kind of like all turned around looking trying to kill this guy for some bizarre reason. Anyhow, I'm just gonna cut to the chase and say, I'll tell you how this movie ends. Um, the movie ends that they they have a mutual foe and they have to team up against this monk that wants to take over the entire land, right? Yeah. And this monk he needs to be like his thoughts have to be pure in order to like execute his powers, right? And so what they do is they take the ninja's wife and show her tits to the guy. <laughs> okay. And that's how they win. That's how they, they win. Yeah. The dude is the, the monk is what so the distracted hell? by the boobs that like, it, like it was like boob laser beams. Is this, is and, this a Zucker brothers movie? What no, is this? It's a real this airplane movie. No? Okay. And they managed to beat the monk. So it's uh, from 1982. And Hiroyuki Sonata is in this. Wow. Yes. He's in everything. Yes, he's in John Wick Four. That dude apparently has been acting since the sixties. Yeah, he's a bad. He's a, dude. He was a kid. The, look, some of the fuck. Look, as ridiculous as what I'm saying, some of the craziest shit I've ever seen. Like as far as people physically doing things, yeah. like their own stunts and like swinging around and doing all kinds of shit. Um, very good. And uh, it was enter- I was entertained the whole the whole time. I I, I thought it was a scream. If you want to watch a movie that just will blow your mind and just. It is a, a bad film that's that's good at the same time. Ninja in the Dragon's Ninja Den. Ninja in the Dragon's Check it out. Den. Yeah, just just listen to the theme song and just uh, relish in its greatness. Okay. It's not quite Kumite, but it's it's up there. <laughs> Hong Kong, nineteen eighty two. Okay, and that and I also at the behest of John Bellotti Jr. watched Five Element Ninja, which also has um, some kind of woman that's upsetting the whole balance. Uh, they use this one basically uh it's these two factions of um 
it's also a Japan versus China thing here again. And um, they send a woman in as like a girl who's like trying to run away from being abused or something. So this, these, uh, these uh, Kung Fu people, like these monks take, take her in and she like, you know, she like spies on them and, you know, basically allows them to, uh, she, she kind of ma- makes it so that they can attack their, their stronghold. And she looks like from the inside and she's like the, the X factor. Which one is better? Um, I think they're both good, but Ninja in a Dragon's Den so fucking bizarre. <laughs> and it has like the music that's so crazy that I, it's, it's unforgettable. Like once I saw that, I was like, I'm never going to forget this movie. It's so fucking bizarre. Oh my God. Okay. Good, good 80s. Yeah, so that's, I, that's what I saw. Right. So those are the, those are the things I All saw. All right, let's finish with uh, what's out this week. And honestly, it is something I am really geek boner. We'll review it. More ex- oh, yes. I uh, watched the Wicks this week. Oh, my oh, God. I'll John Wick 4 coming out this week. Okay, so a couple of things about this movie, Anthony. Pros and cons, maybe, right? Con. What? Well, con, the movie is two hours and 49 minutes. Did yeah. you, did you well, know that? It's a long I did movie. see that. Yeah. Pros. The uh, the early reviews have come out, and currently on Rotten Tomatoes, with 87 reviews counted, it's at 93%. Oh, wow. shit. From everything I've heard, this movie is nonstop bonkers action. You said it earlier. This is one of the premier action franchises of today. Is definitely the John Wicks, and I feel like the movies get a little bit better every movie as they build on this world. Uh, rest in peace to Lance Reddick who plays the concierge who passed away at 60, uh, I think this week, earlier this week. Uh, and he, yeah, RIP. He was great. He was in Fringe, The Wire, fucking great actor, great as the concierge. Uh, I will tell you another reason why I'm excited. I put this in the notes. They put out a final trailer a few weeks ago. There are a couple of moments in this fucking trailer that are just bonkers that make me love John Wick like for example, there's a moment in the middle of a fight where he's fighting like a masked dude and he's got him up against something. He's got a knife to the dude's throat. He puts his gun under his chin, fires four times, and then slices the dude's throat with the knife just to make sure. <laughs> right? You know that's how. Some, that's some Jean Claude Van Damme in uh, yeah. Hard Target type yes, shit. Yes, but you know what? What you learned from John Wick, remember how all those 80s, 90s movies, he always had that third act where the bad guy comes back because you thought he was dead, but he wasn't dead? John Wick makes sure these motherfuckers don't come back in the third act <laughs> with methodical headshots. You will see. He's the Baba Yaga. He is the Baba Yaga. The other moment in this trailer, it's the street scene. I think they're in Paris. He's shooting at dudes. There's traffic. This dude gets hit by a car, flips in the air. John Wick is shooting at the guy in the air after getting hit by the car <laughs> just to make sure he's not getting up again. This is why I fucking love John Wick. I mean, again, Keanu's doing all. He's very thorough. He's very thorough. Really, Keanu's yes, doing all his stunts. Thorough. He's riding the horse. He's driving the cars. Uh, this gun foo is amazing. I can't wait. Okay, I'm so glad that we are going to see this. We're going to review it next week. I can't fucking wait to see this. I'm pumped, pumped to see it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, me too. So get on that, John Wick fans. I mean, uh, two hours and 49 minutes of balls action. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know if I can contain myself. I'm gonna. I don't know. Listen, it's as long as a Batman movie. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, that's it for this week. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? You can find me at really Rugboy on Twitter. On Twitter, Twitter? Twitter. you're on Twitter too. 
Yeah, I'm on Twiller too. I don't know what that Twiller is. What about those other ones? And, he, and none of those took off. The Hive and the other fucking thing, and I don't know what the other one. Bum, I don't know what Mastodon. is that. Mastodon. Oh, yeah. never Rumble. Truth, Truth Social. Oh, Rumble's okay. a, Rumble's like the right wing YouTube. Oh, that and Truth Social. Get on those. They can have a lot yeah. of fun over there. <laughs> well, uh, if what happens if Donnie gets arrested? Oh yeah, oh, it's man. gonna go that'll crazy. Be fun. That'll be fun to watch. Uh, anyways, links to all that in our show notes on our website, show description, links on how to support and uh, follow us on social media and contact us, all that fun stuff. Visit it, jockandnerd.com. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. And maybe Anthony's voice will be back. I hope so. <laughs> I fucking love it. Fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good. My balls are hot. Oh, he's got to end on that.